Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. I'm going to see this in the papers this morning, but uh, I found it online. Apparently, uh, Sinn Féin uh, put in a parliamentary question to ask about hospital waiting lists and uh, waiting times in particular at emergency departments. And for Cork, it does not make pleasant reading or listening for that matter. Although it shouldn't come as any surprise because uh, I could fill a week of radio programs with people talking about issues involving the accident and emergency primarily at the CUH. But in Cork University Hospital, the average delay at the A&E is just under 29 hours on average. I mean, that is just incredible. The Mercy Hospital in Cork, just under 27 hours. They're the worst in the country uh, when it comes to waiting times uh, for hospital admissions through the A&D department. I mean, and listen, if you're 75 or over, it's even worse. The data shows that the averages are higher for over 75s um, with uh, both the CUH and the Mercy Hospital and other country, other hospitals around the country, having a waiting list for over 75, seven to nine hours longer than the average I've just quoted you. Which means that as you get older and maybe your health becomes more compromised, uh, you suffer even more in this country. Is it any wonder that people with any kind of a few bob at all, when they get a little bit older, uh, go to sunnier, drier climates like Spain or Portugal and places like that where the health system is probably a hell of a lot better. So that's worth repeating. Cork University Hospital, the average delay in uh, the admissions through A&E, 29 hours. And in the Mercy Hospital, 27. And for over 75s, 7 to nine hours longer than that. Uh, I hate I hate bringing topics up like that because over the past uh, few days I've been talking about our shortage of doctors. Um, and I'm not talking about necessarily doctors in hospitals. These are GPs in doctor surgeries and clinics in suburbs and, um, you know, in, in, in practices right across our county. Nurses, again, not necessarily in hospitals. I'm, again, talking about doctors and nurses in practices. Paramedic issues, issues with the Gardaí and uh, how demoralized they are and quitting the force, not to mention, um, you know, the fire brigade and, you know, fire officers and, as I say, paramedics and, and ambulances. An awful lot of ambulance waiting time now is a lot of ambulance usage time, I should say, is, is taken up hanging around the A&E at the COH or hanging around the A&E at the Mercy, waiting to get patients into the hospital when they should be on the roads, of course, doing more calls. It must be very frustrating for them. So the Guardian make the papers today as well, the front of the mail. It says this, uh, we broke this on the air yesterday morning and shared the video of, of Dublin Airport and the uh, the brawl, the fighting, the mayhem um, and the carry on up there. Apparently now, uh, the Guardian are, are looking for a lot of the characters that were involved in that fight. Uh, but it took 40 minutes for the Guardian to respond to the violence at Dublin Airport according to the uh, mail this morning. And many people are saying that um, it's just not good enough. Uh, Security sources at Dublin Airport told the mail uh, that airport police were required to wait for sufficient numbers to intervene. Uh, And that's why uh, you see video footage three and four minutes long and probably longer than that. uh, And no sign of a security guard and no sign of any guard. But the guards are now trying to track down uh, all of those that were involved in uh, the row and the fight and the scuffle and the brawl, which leads me to believe they must have just legged it out of the airport. Uh, Sadly, of course, we uh, woke up yesterday morning to another mass shooting in the United States of America in Texas. And the um, teenage mass killer who slaughtered 21 at the Texas school 
by all accounts, locked them into a classroom and told them, you're going to die. All of the papers talk of it again this morning, particularly the Red Tops, who talk of Salvador Ramos, the 18-year-old, um, who went on the rampage uh, after shooting his granny. I'm not going into the graphic detail. I mean, the the information that's in the Red Tops this morning is quite graphic. Uh, I won't go that far, actually. But uh, he, um, of course, we know that Joe Biden says we have to sta- ask to, you know, when we're going to really and truly, for once and for all, stand up to the gun lobby in a in America, but um, this guy went uh, on his gun rampage because apparently, according to the son, anyway, he was angry. His family uh, called him out for being a loser. By all accounts, and I know that we had calls on this yesterday, uh, whether or not this is uh, anything to do with uh, people who play the likes of Call of Duty or Fortnite. Apparently, this guy did an awful lot, spent an awful lot of time playing Call of Duty and an awful lot of time playing Fortnite. And I know that people would say, yeah, but so do I, but I don't go out killing people or buying guns. Well, he was 18, he went and, got, went and bought himself some guns as a, as a birthday present, including the assault rifle. But they drill into his background this morning. Um, he uh, quit his fast food restaurant job uh, the minute he turned 18 and went off and bought the guns and then went on the massacre. But they do talk with members of the staff at Wendy's where he used to work where they say uh, he used to tell us that he was saving for guns and ammo um, and uh, he just st- stopped showing up here about two weeks ago uh, they um, apparently he did uh, and this is not in any way excusing in any way shape or form what this uh, guy did but they say that he was always being mocked at school for being scruffy for being poor and he was always bullied because of a speech impediment. So the Red Tops talk of that in quite some detail today. It's very, very sad. There is some audio. This is CNN's Anderson Cooper speaking with Joe Garza. He's the father of the victim, Amira, um, in the Robb Elementary School in Texas. And he describes how, uh, this is so sad. Um, he describes how he found out that his daughter was dead. And the clip contains details that could well be upsetting. Uh, for some, uh, have a listen to this audio. I'm a med aide, so when I arrived on the scene, they still had kids inside. They started bringing the kids out, and I was aiding assistance. One little girl was just just covered in blood, head to toe. Like I thought she was injured. I asked her what was wrong, and she says she's okay. She was hysterical, saying that they shot her best friend, that they killed her best friend, and she's not breathing. And that she was trying to call the cops, and I asked the little girl the name and she's <laughs> and she told me she said Amory that's how you learn <laughs> she was so sweet Mr. Cooper she was the sweetest little girl who did nothing wrong she listened to her mom and dad. She always brushed her teeth. She did. She was creative. She made things for us. She never got in trouble in school. Like I just want to know what she did to be a victim. <laughs> Isn't that so sad? I mean, for for any parent, but that's Joe Garza, a first responder who went to the school and found that his own daughter had been shot dead. It's just so, so sad. Uh, other stories making the papers today include the dad of murdered Santina Cawley, who was before the cause, Michael Cawley. I think there's a two-week adjournment into the particular case. He was charged with assaulting, causing harm to Karen Harrington. Of course, Karen Harrington murdered Santina, as we know, she's doing time in Limerick. 
apparently there was some incident at a bus stop in Merchant's Quay in the city uh, and by all accounts he has admitted uh, to attacking um, her, I don't know whether it's, uh, I imagine at this stage well and truly his ex-girlfriend but that's before the court courts and there was another one then that was before the court courts I think it, it ended up with cautions and maybe a, a I think there might have been a, a, a fine. But there was a bus driver in Blarney who was video recorded by youths and punched in the ear when they insisted on being given a, a child fare rather than an adult fare. It's the story of the bus driver, Donald Forbes. He said that one youth got on, paid the full adult fare, but two of his friends got on and wanted the child's fare. And it kicked off a bit then. He claims they were aggressive and abusive. And as usual, out comes the mobile phone. Uh, he said, they took out the phone to video record me. The phone was put in front of my face, so I covered up uh, my face with my hood. Um, tough job doing uh, driving buses these days. Tough job for anybody who's in the in the public sector dealing with the public, particularly with mobile phones and what have you. And of course, um, if we're not in recession, we very well be, probably are, we just maybe haven't called it that yet, but one in four families can't afford to go on holidays this summer, according to Charlie Weston in The Independent, and more than half of all people renting in this country now are receiving state cash uh, to support them, because uh, they clearly can't um, you know, do it on their own and don't even talk about trying to buy your own home. Uh, I mean, that's just uh, way off in the distance when we'll ever fix that one. And then we have Leaving Cert students, according to the front of the Echo today, who are self-harming because of worry over the Leaving Certificate exam. That's an interesting one, actually, because you've got to wonder whether or not there's way too much emphasis on mental health these days uh, and way too much negativity surrounding people's mental health instead of trying to accentuate the positive or rather than putting ideas in children's heads. But you can't argue with the Childline volunteer who says that he's getting more and more calls now from young adults, more so than ever before, um, particularly with regards to leaving certificate anxiety and worry and stress. And uh, there's a lot of other stories that I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. One of them, of course, is the Sue Gray report from the UK with regards to all of the parties that were going on within government in the UK, primarily in Downing Street, and by and large, most of them, uh, the ones that made the Sue Gray report anyway, most of them were uh, within um, number 10 Downing Street itself. I'll come back to that because uh, that's quite lengthy. The only thing I'd say about it at this point in time is that, um, you know, when you compare the partying, you know, they brought a karaoke machine in, apparently. They uh, were abusive to security staff and they were abusive to cleaning staff who had to come in the next day to clean up, how Boris Johnson didn't see the mess in Downing Street the morning after the parties, I have no idea, he claims he didn't see it, uh, but I mean, the imagine you know, it's like when we come down at maybe after a party in our own homes in the morning to clean it up, so the cleaning staff had to do all that, and the, apparently Downing Street staff were telling them to F off uh, there was fights and everything by all accounts people were getting sick into wastebaskets so much liquor was being drank and it was like 3, 4 in the morning these um, his parties would wrap up at. I mean, if you compare that to the Irish political system, and you know, I'm not, I'm not here really to defend or big up our own politicians, but apart from the the bit of a you know spat about Golfgate and maybe a little bit of a party in the Department of Foreign Affairs, which was a bit of a damn squib anyway, uh, I think you could probably say that by comparison, our politicians and our public sector behaved pretty good, an awful lot better. Well, not, not an awful lot better, but not even you don't even compare one with the other. So I mean. At least we have something to be thankful for, I suppose. And also, the papers this morning have a lovely colour story in the Echo, which Joe Kerrigan does, on the bread and cakes of yesteryear. Wondering whether or not the bread and cakes of yesteryear 
tasted a hell of a lot better. I mean, we can look through the rose-tinted glasses at the, the good old days. I know that. Not everybody's a fan of looking at the old good old days. They weren't all that great, actually. Um, but um, there wasn't a whole lot around. But certainly, it's a beautiful, beautiful article that talks about the chocolate slice, the Battenberg, the little mini trifles from Thompson's, and the crusty bread that you cut at home. There was no such thing as a slice pan like that. And we all used to fight about the ends, didn't we? The crusty bits on either end. Maybe that was just in our house. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork. The Neil Prendeville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. And you can text 0868104106 and pick up the phone on 0818104106. And I'll come back to a lot of other stories throughout the course of the morning. But um, earlier in the week, I was telling you about the CNN journalist that was on Lee's side and was negative uh, about our fair city uh, at the time. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, he described it, uh, Richard Quest described it as tatty, tired, run down, and uh, overpriced. There were four of the comments. Uh, I think he liked the English market, but was kind of a bit down and depressed with regards to a lot of the dereliction in the city centre. So we posted that online to wonder if you guys agreed or disagreed. And I know that the uh, Taoiseach Michal Martin came out and defended the city. He did say we still have to listen to people when they come over here. I mean, this guy, I suppose, technically was a tourist in our city. Uh, and he called uh, some of our buildings in Cork tatty, saying they looked tired and that the downtown looked tired. So the downtown would be, I guess, Patrick Street, Grand Parade, South Mall, maybe Oliver Plunkett Street, Parnell Place, a lot of the side streets off it, maybe up as far as McCartan Street. I'm not quite sure where, because he doesn't actually call out any particular streets or buildings. Uh, but a lot of people then came back to defend the city. Um, and it was a story that uh, I wanted to deal with yesterday, but the Lord Mayor wasn't av- available, but he is today and he joins me by phone. Lord Mayor Colin Keller. Colin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Now, I'm good. Now, what the Taoiseach did say is that we need to listen to people when they remark about our city and they make observations. Uh, but he did defend it. Um, what, what are your thoughts on what Richard Quest had to say? I think we should get a home address and send them a bouquet, a basket of flowers. Hi. Uh, everything that's great in Cork, from Tripe and Drasheen to Canakilty Black Pudding to the whole lot, and that's come back over. No, look, I... Well, if, well, I wouldn't be giving them a bouquet of flowers, because if he said that on CNN, it would discourage people from visiting the city. Look, exactly, and that's why I took, I suppose, you know, offence to what was said. Um, I, I, was, I, I actually saw the news story break when I was away over we in Ravenna representing the city at European Maritime Day, and uh, around the same time, maybe two days prior to it, you had the plaster coming off the Victoria Hotel, and everyone said, look, just, this is a great part of our city being rediscovered. That was a great story. And yeah. it, it led to the aesthetics of our main thoroughfare. But, you know, I disagree that our city is tired. I disagree that our city is, you know, shabby. There are obviously massive issues in the city with vacancy, with dereliction. But if you look at the city as a whole and you look at what has already been done in on the North Docks over by the Dean Hotel, over by Kent Station, if you look at what's happened down at the start of the South Docks, the new Docklands, um, with the O'Callaghan properties that are down there, the prison that is started by the bus station. Yeah, but you just park, said that there are massive open. issues regarding dereliction in the city. You just said it. You just said what he oh, said. But there, but there is massive issues. There's no getting away from it. And anyone that comes on the radio airways and says different is, is leading up a garden path. But you have to understand, like the city is an old city. We're currently coming out of one people would say a COVID slumber. I would disagree with them. I would say an underinvestment in our city for a century slumber. Look at the Docklands, completely neglected. North Main Street, the vacancy in North Main Street is 
is an issue. There's no getting away from that. But that's fire safety issues that need to be upgraded and need to be regulated. But you look at the, the city as a whole, we have Fitzgerald's Park, we have Oliver Plunkett Street, the public realm on Patrick Street is second to none. We do have massive issues with vacancy there. But the What's the pu- what does public realm mean? What does that mean? So the public realm would be, you know, your, your streetscape, your street lights, your footpaths, your, your traffic lights, your, your, your roads, your street lights and stuff like that. Like yeah. There has been massive investment in the city and look at the English, English market, look at Oliver Plunkett Street, you know, the reading... Uh, permanent pedestrianisation. So where did he see the tatty-tired buildings then? I mean, is he, is, he, is he talking about the fact that maybe Patrick Street has had a lot of, a lot of actual premises that are shut down, don't have any businesses in them? Well, look, I don't know. It was, it was two remarks he made in an Irish independent um, uh, column and they said tatty and tired. Now, look, you know, there is massive issues with vacancies up over shops on Patrick Street, up over shops in North Main Street. But, you know, we do have vacancy issues on our main thoroughfare, like any other European city. And you, you've travelled the world more more times than anyone on the planet, I'd say. But you, 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 you could write a tour book at this stage, Neil. But you, like, but you were in Nice not so long ago, like, and, there, and I was also. There is dereliction there. There is vacancy there. There's vacancy in, in Grafton Street in Dublin. It's not something that's unique to Cork. But in fairness, like, you look down along the marina, the marina park, it's just opened, 12 acres, which is going to be uh, think, a playground. You for think Dock, maybe you didn't see enough of it then? Well, you know, I was actually talking to someone else and he said he came out the door of the English market and he turned right and went to Patrick Street. Imagine if he turned left and went to Oliver Plunkett Street. Well, that is true. The jewel in the you crown know, is Oliver Plunkett Street. But we want the North Main Street to look that way. We want the South Main Street to look that way. We want Barrack Street to look that way. You know? Completely. Completely, 100%. And look, work has slowly started on North Main Street. There's new student accommodation going down there. There's um, the, the Duns building, which has been derelict um, for, for a while um, since Duns vacated it, and they had the COVID testing centre and stuff like that. It is starting to reawaken. But look, um, I'm not going to pretend that there's not issues in the city with vacancy and with dereliction. There is. But we have, you know, stopped the decline. That's the point I was trying to make. Like, we have Docklands coming on board. We have the... Uh, the uh, um, the Victorian Quarter was rebranded the VQ Quarter during the week. And, why, why, you know, why was? What does VQ mean? Victorian Quarter is it? And the VQ uh, Quarter or the Victorian Quarter, as it was previously known, has been rebranded the VQ. Quarter. What does VQ um, mean? It can have a, a various meanings: a vitality quarter, a quarter, a Victorian. Quarter. Do you think I came well, down in the last shower? VQ well, means Victorian quarter, but they're just too touchy feely to call it the Victorian quarter because of Queen Victoria. There was major issues, there, was major issues there and you know, there's um, a, a, a colleague, a former council colleague of mine, now a deputy, Mr. Gould, myself, and many around the council. I thought chamber, they were dropping the, the Victorian days. quarter. They have, and they've called it the VQ quarter. But that's not dropping it. That's like a. That's almost cowardly. But look, they they, they formed an exploratory committee and the, <laughs> the, the, the street traders up there. So they said. They said, "I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just use the initials instead." So they're not fooling anyone with that. Well, look, it's a whole quarter, and just to do. And my argument on the council floor with, with, with my colleagues long ago would have been that you know, obviously, it's not named after a famine queen. It's named after the architecture that's up there. Which what do you think they the named the quarter floor? after a Lord Mayor who was shot in his bed? Yeah, McCurtain Quarter, yeah, 100%, 100%, but the main thoroughfare there is named McCurtain Street. Oh, man, you know, my, 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 my onus on that is when you're trying to attract people from a coast cruise liner to come up to the city and they look at the Grand Parade Quarter, or the Huguenot Quarter, or the VQ Quarter, as it's now called, or the VQ, 
um, you need to attract them up. You're not going to attract any tourist up to McCurtain Street if you're calling it the VQ quarter. They wonder what it is. Sounds like a sounds like a communicable disease. <laughs> what, what, like, how would a tourist know what's significant about the VQ quarter? Well, look, obviously there would be guidebooks in the whole atmosphere and they'd have to do a bit of digging. You know, and look at the beautiful architecture that's up there and I suppose summarise what VQ stands for. But no, I actually think it's a very clever idea what the traders have done up there. This is an initiative by the traders up there. No, I, I'm probably barred from McCartan Street now, but I, lo- I, I love it. I, the Metropole. <laughs> what? <laughs> You'll never again get into the Metropole. I love it up there, I really do. And they really have turned it around. It's one of the best places to go to socialise. Just, I'm just wondering why, you know. Anyway, I made the point from Victorian Quarter to VQ. Here, here are some texts, here's some texts. I walked through Cork last week weekend with my wife we were both saying how run down the city is looking just look up on the first floor of any shop front we could do much better another one first time in a long time I drove up Washington Street oh my god it's manky the whole place needs a paint um, and one, one more the man from CNN who said the buildings in Cork were tired was so right I noticed that walking along North Main Street and up Barrick Street it's rough looking there's just three for you Look, there's no getting away from it. There is issues, and, and you know, and I, I led with that, Neil. You know, it's not it's not Disneyland. You know, we are we are living in a city that is you know over 800 years old, and there's a lot of buildings that are over 200 years old inside in the city. But the main thing here is that Cork City Council and that the business traders in the city are we're all very proud of being from Cork. You're a proud Cork man. Yeah. I'm a proud Cork man. Yeah, that's why I take it personally when someone calls exactly. my city run down, tatty and tired, and I wonder is he right. And that's why I take it personally. Look, there's no getting away. There are certain areas that do need a facelift, but there are other areas that have received a massive facelift. Like one of the facelifts coming now, when I've spoken to you about it before, is the Grand Parade Quarter, um, where Bishop Lucy Park, the walls will be coming down, the park will be completely redesigned, there'll be um, a, a thoroughfare from Grand Parade right up to Coulton House Plaza, which the work has been carried out on, down onto uh, Proby's Quay, where the infamous event centre will Will, and there's there's smoke there, believe me, uh, from what we're being led to believe. Maybe twenty the end of twenty five we will have the event centre there and all of Eight years later. Eight years later. Eight years Give later. me a break, will you? Yeah, yeah. Oh the horse bolted way too early there in my own opinion, Neil, but sure, look. That's water under the bridge at this stage. We need to get on with it. Um, you know, um and in fairness, like Cork City Council side of things from the public realm we are putting our money where our mouth is um, and you know we are upgrading the infrastructure on Tucky Street on uh, County House Plaza on Proby's Quay and on the Grand Parade Quarter Okay maybe we should invite Richard Quest back in what two years time three years time to take another look yeah, well, I, I'd invite him back in the morning and give him a walking tour. Councillor Karen McCarthy would help me. He knows every inch. Yeah, a proper, a proper look at the city rather than coming out the English market and hooking. He probably walked up Patrick Street and saw unfortunate homeless people sleeping in the doorway of Debenhams, which is closed and locked up, perhaps. Yeah, and Debenhams has gone up, and Debenhams, or Debenhams, or much stores building has gone up for sale now, you know? And so hopefully, that, you know, there'll be a multi unit, maybe kind of a, you know, um, multi department store going in there but look we do need more investment there's no getting away from it I spoke at the launch of the VQ quarter meal um, the other day and um, there was uh, a trader there who was on the south side of the river on the north side of the river um, I won't mention him but he was part of the traders 
I suppose, community. That was around Perry Street, Strawbridge Street, Emmett Place, Longone, when you had the Grand Circle, when you had Donahue's Bar, when you had Baxter's before it was Larry Tompkins. Yeah. You had Orient Kitchens there. You know, there was Ladbrokes at the back entrance into Eason's. And I walked down there the other day and all that's gone. And it's very, very sad to see a community like that gone in the city. So it was actually very endearing and, you know, very nice for me to see that that traders community has disappeared. Yeah, but a lot of those businesses went, uh, a lot of those businesses went because of uh, suburban shopping and shopping malls and big things like Wilton and uh, Merchants, or sorry, Wilton and uh, and uh, areas like Mahan Point. Whereas if you decided uh, to reduce parking or give free city parking or something like that, it would draw people back in again. 100% 100% and I think we fell in the same store that the same source that the United States fell on. You remember all these huge malls in the yeah. 80s and 90s they had in yeah. the States it drew people out from the nucleus of the city centres and drew people away um, and you know there is people listening to a radio so- station now and they say they won't come into the city because it's easier to go to Man and Colic Correct. or Black Boots but what or, is, or what's the thought process in the City Council to reverse that? Well, look, we need to get more people into the city, um, and that's in a nutshell. Um, we've reduced our parking rates in a couple of local authority car parking spaces and buildings around the city and stuff like that. We need to increase on-street parking, but not only for that, increase on-street parking, we need to increase in the public realm recycling infrastructure, um, which we have started to do, you know, and we need to get segregated cycle lanes into the city to be, make sure it can accommodate all modal forms of transport. All right. Not everyone wants to drive, some people want to walk, some people want to cycle, some people want to get the bus. They don't feel safe in the city also. A lot of people don't feel safe in the city by night, you hear it on your radio station. No, but night and by day. Yeah. You know? Um, I, perfectly, I perfectly would feel safe walking around the city at any, t- any time, day or night, um, you know? But look, that's very easy for me to say. I, I'm a big, you know, 16 and a half stone man. Do you know what I mean? So uh, it's, it, it's very easy for me to say something like that. But no, in fairness, you know, what we have in Cork City is absolutely amazing. And what we will have in the next 20 years, Neil, if you see the plans that are coming down the road for Docklands, for the redevelopment, okay. for CMA, we have a light rail system coming. It's, it's very, very exciting times. So maybe we can bring him back for a walking tour and maybe in 10 years' time bring him back then and he can do comparison. Yeah, Petty didn't do that actually if you had a camera crew in Cork and do a proper walking tour the likes of Kieran McCarthy. Fair play, Lord Mayor. You know your city. You love your city. You defended your city very well. Thanks so much for taking the call. Appreciate it as always. Take care, Lord Mayor Colm Kelleher. Dolores, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Pick up on this conversation. Your thoughts on your beautiful city. Neil, I was born and reared in Cork City on the north side of Way, and I absolutely love Cork City, but it is absolutely dreadful. I was, unfortunately, one of the ex-Rocher stores, Debenhams workers. I was out in protest for, as you know, over a year, and we could see the city falling apart in front of us. Because you were there every day, sitting, standing, I should say, outside Debenhams, looking up and down Patrick Street. And what do you mean falling apart in front of your eyes? Do you know, the shops that were closing, I know some of them could be had as long as our own, but they were just let go shockingly. And do you know what I, I feel? If they made apartments upstairs in the buildings and let people live there, bring a bit of life back into the city and have people around there, it's horrible look, looking at it. Oh my God, even going in there now, going in this morning, I'm going to meet my sister and we'll get the bus and we'll go down to Man Point. We won't stay in the city. Why? Because no disrespect to Maham Point, but it doesn't have the buzz or the excitement or even the, the glamour of the city centre. 
on I a sunny day. It, you're indoors in a big shopping arcade. It's not the same experience. I understand. But the buzz and the light has gone out to the city. But no, do, well, okay, you could have a coffee in Maham Point and it'll be a damn fine coffee. But you could yeah. equally have a coffee outside Nash 19 and sit down outdoors yeah. maybe tomorrow on a sunny day on Princess Street. I mean, how could you beat that? Oh, you can't, and I love the city, but it's just not nice to be around the city, Neil. It really isn't, and we stay one day a week in the city, but there's nowhere to go. You've done pennies and marks, and that's it. Did you ever walk walk from one end of Oliver Plunkett Street to the other, the selection of shops? I did. You have a a nice few shops on Oliver Plunkett Street, but our main street, Neil, is really is. And I agree with that man from CNN. It is. It needs an awful lot of money and time from the council to go into it to bring it back to us. There's not a lot going on on Patrick Street. I grant you that. Um, A lot lot of phone shops, for sure. Yeah, stuff like that. Exactly. Cafes, betting shops, and the three main shops that I mentioned. And that's town. You remember town 20 years ago. Everybody went to town on a Saturday. Yeah. We all got dressed up and we headed off into town. We had a lovely morning around town and spend the day maybe shopping, meeting people and all that. That's gone out of the city, Neil, because I don't want to say, but the poor people that are living homeless and all that, there are more of them around the city than there are people shopping. I know. We saw an awful lot of that when we were protesting down the back of Debenhams, as you know, on Parliament Place. Sleeping. Yes. Mm. And doing other things down the street that we were protesting from the back. Then you go down the alleys and the side streets and you see yeah. people shooting up heroin and things. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. and and a, and a lot of people then, unfortunately, it's begging on our streets also. That's God that's not any way exclusive to Cork though. Dublin's even oh, worse. God, no, I agree, I agree. But to see it on our main street, like I was passing Debenhams, I haven't looked at lately. Now the weeds are growing up the front of the shop. I mean, come on, it's our main street. We should have more pride in... Well, not us. The council should have more pride in our city than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good points. Well, well so made. sad to see it. So sad to see it. All right, thanks, Dolores. A lot of calls on this. Thanks for your contribution. Take no care. Bother. Cheers. Take care. Take care. Carol, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? And what's on your mind? Well, Neil, I just cannot believe that um, our mayor would come on radio and defend the state of the city centre at the moment. And when I say city centre, again, we're talking about Patrick Street mainly. Like when a tourist comes off a cruise ship in Cove and they come to Cork City for the day, they're going to be exposed to where? Patrick Street, Oliver Plunkett Street, the main streets. And I think the state of it, I mean, it is absolutely disgraceful. I was there, I'm there on business all of the time. I was there on leisure um, on Sunday, and as you describe said, it as I, dirty, dangerous, and disgusting. And I will stand by all three words, Neil. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, I think that, the, like that lady said, there are more homeless people and what I would call troublemakers who seem to be completely and utterly out of their minds. hanging around, making trouble, begging. Like, I I am approached four or five times now, on average, when I go into the city centre by beggars. You know, some of whom I would actually nearly be afraid of if I was on my own. Um, Probably the highlight of one of my trips was passing the door of Debenhams on Sunday. And as I passed, I went, wow, what's that on the footpath? Firstly, there was a load of chicken bones already in the middle of the footpath. And as I passed the homeless guy who was sitting there, having his uh, chicken lunch from some takeaway nearby, I'm sure, was firing chicken bones onto the main street as yeah. people walked past. Yeah, I know. And my six-year-old yeah. looked at me, and you know what? I had no words. 
I had no words. And, you know, I know the mayor is talking about the Victorian quarter, and that's all fine. But when the average tourist, like this CNN um, gentleman, came to the city, they're not going to go directly to the Victorian quarter. They're going to judge the city on the city centre. Well, if they had been on the Victorian quarter uh, this time last week, tonight, last week, they'd have seen a major punch-up in the middle of the street holding up traffic. That's what they would have seen. Oh, that would have been lovely on Twitter, wouldn't it? Great. Well, it was on on Twitter, and as usual, it was captured on mobile. I missed it now. Yeah, I missed yeah. it. But you know what? I think save the money for the city centre. And you know what? Start with a good old wash. It doesn't cost much. And where do you... You you, you, you don't come into the city, it says here. You shop in, a, in fabulous places like Fermoy. Well, um, I'm from Kerry originally, Neil, and I would have always been used to shopping in small market towns. Like, for example, in, in Kerry, I, I, I go to Listowel, I go to Kenmare, Killarney, uh, and in, in, in Cork, I, to be honest, I've given up on the city centre. Um, you know, if I want anything at all I need, I, I live in Glamour, I hop on the motorway, I drop down to Fermoy, I get parking on the main street, and from there, I can go to the most beautiful shops. I have never seen anyone in a doorway. I have never seen any dirt around the place. Everyone welcomes the shoppers with open arms. There's a great choice. And you know what? There's none of the expensive parking, being approached for money, mm. getting chicken legs thrown under your feet, mm. and the smells and disgust of the city centre. You know what? Unless it's business, I'll be avoiding it from now on, unless it seriously goes under serious improvement. Okay, that's pa- a powerful critique of our city. Thanks for it, Carol. Appreciate you taking the call. Michael, good morning. Morning, Neil. Hold on to the other calls for a second, guys, because I'll take an ad break. Go ahead, Michael. Thanks for holding. You're quoting Mahon Point, Douglas Shopping Centre, Bishopstown, Ballancolic, Blackpool. What are you referencing? That they're getting all the business now, the shopping malls, is it? Yeah, well, the shopping malls, I mean, it's inevitable that, that they will get a huge amount of business and they're basically, they're nice and clean and secure there's no problem with vandalism. They got internal security and all that. The major, the major thing really is that there's no going back from this. We have a, a ring of shopping centres around Cork, and that's bound to take business from the commercial things in the centre. But I, w- I would disagree with the previous speaker there. And now. it's fair to say I'm also that a lot of the city centre businesses relocated to your Blackpools and your Mahans and your Douglas and your Bishopstowns. I accept that. I accept that. Neil, you're, you're quite correct. Yeah. But just before we go on, I, I would like to say... I've been in Cork now since 1970 as a Kerry man, and I would totally disagree with that last speaker from Kerry. You know, yeah, I mean, Cork City is an absolutely fabulous, fantastic city. It goes back to medieval times, you know. It has fantastic history and culture. It's going through a little phase at the moment, a uh, down. That was brought on by, the, you know, a lot of problems, economic problems. As you said, a lot of businesses moved out, uh, out uh, that didn't need to be out. But what's happening is the city centre should be a vibrant place. It should be it should be really the place everyone wants to go. Problems in the city centre. Two years I was just left derelict. It was like a forest. There was nobody inside in the town, was, and a certain a certain element, unfortunately, people on drugs and things went to the city centre and sort of took it over, and they're still hanging around. The Gardaí, unfortunately don't seem to be motivated to move them out of the city centre. You know, and they're just hanging around. I feel very sorry for them because drug addiction is a horrific thing to look at. Mm. But people don't want to come in. Second problem in the city centre is the corporation, the council, have got rid of all the public toilets. It's a very, very small item, but if you're an elderly person, they do need toilets and things like that. I'm an elderly person myself at the moment. 
and there's no toilets. You know, there's actually no toilets. You know, I mean, which is bizarre when you think about. So, it. what would you do? You'd use a hotel, I guess, right? You might go to uh, do, the metropolitan. And, and I mean, in all fairness, this is car. Car people will do anything for you, and they're genuine, and there's no hassle. But at the same time, as you know, some people would be proud, and they wouldn't like to be asking, you know, asking. Asking at the door. But come back to the city centre. No, but it's a valid point problem. to make. It, it is a valid point. If you can't find a loo, you're not going to go to a place where you can't find a loo. I mean, you won't go into a restaurant yeah. without a loo. I guess, yeah, you go to a restaurant that yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and in all fairness, like, and in all fairness, you know, practically all the ones that have a loo, they would, they would facilitate people. But it's not the point. The point that I really wanted to make was that the reason that the... Oh, no, I know about that. I was in town the other day and there's signs up saying uh, uh, toilets for customer use only. So obviously people are yeah, coming in on the basis no, that there's no them. public convenience in the city. Hard to believe, isn't it? But Not a public toilet. It, 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 it is bizarre. And the, like, what you need is sort of engagement with the tourists. I was talking to some of the people here that come off the, come off the, the cruise liners and all that. And one fella said he was looking at a book about Cork and medieval town and everything. He said, where's it all gone? I said, what do you mean? He said, where's all the old stone buildings and everything? And I, he said, you were, you know, he said he was over in Dresden in Germany and they were bombed, nothing was left. And they rebuilt it as a medieval town. Cork is going the other way. They're putting a huge amount of concrete, which will never, never look good like it. I mean, Cork was a beautiful stone built medieval town. Should be, and it should be, should be back where it was. But anyway, look, that's mm. a side issue. What I like mm. to say really is mm. the Derlick properties in Cork that have been left go Derlick. Do away with the 3% levy on them. Bring back a 20% levy on land. Forget about the fact, like, you have a person that comes along has a bit of ground and he goes to the bank, kills himself, gets a massive mortgage and he builds a three or four story apartment block and then he rents it out. The fellow next door to him does nothing. He may, he may well be very wealthy, doesn't need to do anything, he just leaves it there. The problem is his property then is creating a dereliction on the whole street. In Germany, how they got around it, and believe it or not, they brought in a system where you're actually taxed on the land, you know? And if you, if you put in plan permission and if you're going forward, fine, you're left alone. But if you're just sitting on it, they tax you. And, but they do, but there, is a, but there is a bylaw, and it is a national law, actually, where <laughs> you will be fined for derelict property that you're not using it. It's not a use it or the lose problem. it. They don't take it off you. They just can't seem to collect the fines. I, I, I found a simple solution to this and give it to revenue. Take it away from the councils take it away from the bylaws, take it away from local government. Basically, let the revenue say there's money owed on this. The revenue are the most efficient people in this country. They're, they're keeping this country afloat, but they're absolutely ruthless. So if there's money owed, uh, if there's a levy owed, it's a government levy rather than a local levy. That then is given to revenue. They get people after it. If you don't pay, they hit you with interest. Next year, your interest, your interest. And in five years' time, they take the property off you because you haven't paid. Okay. You know? Okay. Good They're point. absolutely ruthless. All right, I my mean, man. Beautiful. Yeah? Thank you for that, Michael. Appreciate it. Covered That's a lot hard. of ground, lots of calls and texts. Back after the break, text 0868 104 106. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 104 106. Red FM. Yes, indeed. Uh, a lot of different texts on living in here, and I know that, um, you know, difficult times ahead. The man on you with, uh, with regards to talking about um, this is more to do with rent from earlier on, I suppose, than anything else. We have two children who won't be staying in our, my son, and they will not be staying in Ireland once they get their qualifications uh, will never own a house they'll be stuck with spending 1800 euro a month on rent and the majority of jobs now these days are temporary roles that leads me on to these recruitment agencies now that are hiring on behalf of companies so companies are using recruitment agencies to do the hiring for them 
people are being offered six-month contracts, of course. Anthony says the vultures that are the recruitment agencies are robbing the very workers they're supposed to represent. Most of them take a percentage of the workers' hourly pay, some as high as two euro an hour. Unions and government just sat in their hands and allowed all this uh, to happen. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. On the state of the city centre, this is Richard Quest from CNN, who described it as tatty, tired, overpriced and run down. The council need to start looking after their beautiful and historic buildings of heritage and pressure needs to be put on owners to take care of the exteriors of their businesses as well as the inside. Morning. Cork is the derelict capital of Ireland, if not Europe. The city council and the OPW also want to wall off the historic keys in concrete. We deserve so much better. Morning. The North Main Street is so dirty, it's filthy. Also around St. Augustine's Church is disgusting. City Council do not clean the area at all. I feel so sorry for the tourists regarding the lack of toilets. The one in the market is so filthy it should be shut down. The whole city's a disgrace. Gone are the good days uh, when we had such a fantastic choice of shopping in the city centre. We have nothing now. Shame on City Council for letting it happen. Uh, The CNN journalist is both right and wrong. Dublin, Limerick, New York and Boston are all the same. You'll find plenty to criticise and praise everywhere. In Cork, it's hard to beat the lock, the marina, Patrick Street, the South Mall and the Grand Parade. It's really special. Some streets have got run down, but you'll find those streets in any city. So it's unjust of him to call the city tatty. Actually, I think the South Mall is a beautiful, beautiful street. Long, wide stretch of a street. I think it's absolutely glorious. On a sunny day, nowhere better. I'm in love with the Victorian Quarter, or whatever they want to call it these days. I love Valva Plunkett Street. I think Patrick Street probably needs quite a considerable amount of work. Funny if I went for a walk up the Keys the other night, uh, it was an electric because Tom Spaulding was doing a fabulous talk in electric on Thursday night. They were drinking the cocktails from 1902, the cocktails that were being mixed at the Cork Exhibition in 1902 and the beautiful finger food. But I went for a walk up along the Keys all the way up to St. Finbar's um, and, and, and it's a beautiful walk. One thing I did observe though is there are two phone boxes I mentioned this actually because the very last phone box uh, was just removed from uh, New York City last week. The very last public phone box. And I don't think we have any working phone. I won't be correction on this, but I don't think we have any working phone boxes um, anymore, do we? I mean, with mobile phones now, who'd want to use a public phone box? But there are two empty ones up on Charmin Crawford Street, just across from uh, St. Finbar's. They're not working. Actually, they've been vandalized. They've been smashed to bits. But they sit there side by side like twins, lonely twins, broken and, you know, derelict. And I couldn't help but think, you know, we not do something better than this? As you're looking at the, this is the old medieval area of Cork, incidentally, and right across from St. Finbar's and... And this is there. Could they not do something with those two phone boxes? Maybe put them to better use, do something with them? I mean, it was, it's a kind of a, a, a sad historic footnote to, to what probably are the last two public phone boxes um, in Cork City. Anyway, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. I won't get much of this, but I will come back after 10. Bill, good morning. Morning, uh, Neil. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, you've, just wa- you've just driven through Patrick Street and you just wanted to give me your observations. Go ahead. Yeah, I have just driven through Parker Street from, we said, the Melton's Key side up until the Grand Parade side. And there are 12 vacant premises closed down on our main street. 12. Now, I'm not including the Victoria Hotel, which is this construction work going on there. So outside of that, even that aside, if you count that, there'd be 13. 
you are clearly you are counting the big massive Debenhams Rocha Stores building. I am. Yeah, okay. I am indeed. Okay. Okay. And I'm only counting that as one. There are 12 individual premises closed on Patrick Street, not including the Victoria. Do you Hotel. think that's a lot for such a big city, for a big street? Neil, it's on me in Shopping Street. This is the street we try and get our tourists into. This is the street where businesses depend on the walking traffic that come in and out that keep their businesses going. And we have 12 of them closed. Why? Is it the rent? Is it the rates? It is. It's the rent and it's the rates and it's um, they're maybe owned by overseas pension firms or international companies who won't drop the rent and prefer to keep it shut instead. Like if the re- if, if rents were dropped, people would take the business, would would open a business there, wouldn't they? I would totally agree. But, but then if they drop the rent, then that would affect the rent roll on all the other properties on Patrick Street. So they don't want that to happen. They don't, of course. And then again, the council could help by dropping the rates. To help the businesses survive. That's true too. Yeah, yeah. You think twelve you know, is a lot I, for Patrick Street, dear? Absolutely. I mean, Patrick Street isn't two miles long. You know, it's mm. a great little street. You can go up one side, cycle half come down the other, all the little side streets off of it. But I mean, twelve in your main shopping street. Need yeah, come on. Yeah, nothing is wrong. Yeah, is there good shopping on Patrick Street anymore, though? Well, this is the problem. People have been saying, listening to your show, people have been saying they'd rather go to Wilton, they'd rather go to Douglas, Blackpool, Manhattan Point. I can see why. Because if you go a minute over an hour, you're paying six euro for the park. You are indeed. That, 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 that could be, you know, they could drop that to and help people. But then again, they're not doing it. They're not doing it. No, I mean, I passed through it there now. I had a lady with me who was going to the courthouse and... Law business, Celestial, actually. Yeah. And even she agreed, it does look tired. Yeah. Washington Street is no great shakes either, is it? No, it's not. Definitely not. Definitely not. So you count a fair few businesses closed up there as well? Well, I think, you know, some, maybe the CEO of Cox City Council should take a walk up and down Patrick Street and have a look and decide, yeah, we could help. We could drop the rates a little. Maybe that would encourage the landlords to drop the rent a little. If they'd save a little, they might come down. A well, they, they did come up with money, nearly 400 grand. I don't know whether it came from rates, but they bought those robot trees on Patrick Street and Grand Parade. So they might be a tourist attraction. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Oh, yeah. I mean, they'd be ideal. They'll probably walk people around the city on tours like Kevin McCarthy does. They'll be the greatest things in sliced pants. Robot, robot tourist guides. All right, appreciate it, Bill. Thanks for the drive. Thanks for the observations. Journalist was so right. North Main Street is unrecognizable as what it once was when I was younger. It's down and out, falling down buildings, shops closed. I loved that street when I was small, particularly the shops at Christmas time. It's all gone now. Unfortunately, Cork City doesn't feel like Cork City anymore. Text 0868104106 back after 10. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie and you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench. That's the Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Lots to look forward to across the uh, summer. Of course, we've got Live at the Marquee coming up, and that's going to be absolutely super de-duper. We've got David Gray out at Muzzer, and uh, across the weekend of Saturday the 4th and 5th of June, there's the Cork's Big Top Rockin'. 
at Sid Finbar's GA Club in the city and we have tickets to give away again today. Two pairs for Aslan and two pairs for Dan McCabe. Aslan plays Saturday the 4th, Dan McCabe uh, plays on Sunday the 5th of June. Uh, been watching a lot of his stuff uh, online actually, Dan McCabe, the traditional Irish folk singer. He's damn good and that's a gig well worth attending. So just before midday today, we'll get those tickets away to you so make sure you stay listening if you want to go and enjoy. A lot of texts and emails. Uh, Sean Delaney says, I'm extremely proud to be from Cork but unfortunately it's losing its appeal as a shopping district. Uh, as well as a safe place to visit. Lots of my friends have ditched the city due to the ever-increasing loss of parking spaces. And when you find one, it's just so expensive to park up. Please, could we once and for all get uh, people with a business background to sit at the table when decisions are being made at Cork City Hall? Uh, The city is facing a bleak future with our current lot of decision makers. Love the show, Sushan Delaney. Uh, Quite an amount of councillors, actually, uh, are businessmen and businesswomen. So you think, or maybe they're not listened to a lot of the time, our councillors. I know what you're saying. I I just often wonder, you said there in, in uh, in that email, one part of it is, the increasing loss of parking spaces, and when you find one, it's just so expensive to park up. Why do people still go around the city centre looking for an on-street park? It's such a waste of your time, you know? And well, why not just go straight to a multi-storey? Um, whether it's the public ones or the private ones. I, I have nothing, I have no control in, in the wide earthly world over the prices of them. The public ones are cheaper. I think the private ones would be, are they 290 Anywhere between, say, 290 and, and 320 an hour kind of thing? Um, you're going to pay close enough on that, aren't you, for on-street parking, not too far off it. So why not just go straight to a multi-story? Um, I know that I know you're on the clock and you'd be watching not to go into hour two or hour three. I understand that. But it's a complete waste of time looking for on-street parking. It just, they just don't exist anymore. Imagine the Taoiseach invited a journalist to see his home, his home county. It's a nondescript place. It's a kip. There was a time when Cork was a proud city, a capital of culture. Now it's capital of assaults, begging, and dereliction. That's some city to invite anybody to. At least the man sugarcoated what he said. <laughs> he sugarcoated, all right. Not so sure he sugarcoated it very well when he called it um, rundown um, issues regarding dereliction, tired and tatty. Oh, you call that sugarcoating it? I drive in the lower road and along Horgan's Key most mornings. There's weeds growing out of the walls that haven't been dealt with for ages. Many businesses do little or nothing to keep their shop fronts clean and attractive. I've recently looked into Germany and the place is immaculate. Just look down the road to Killarney and see how they've got it right, says Cindy. Actually, while walking through um, up the quays there on Thursday, and I was looking into the water, the quay walls are pretty weedy. Uh, a lot of, I mean, there's, there's branches and half trees growing out of the tree walls. I don't know how you'd... I assume, you, I assume you can't get into a boat and go down and spray them with weed killer because you probably kill the fish and everything. But I think maybe there's something that could be done in there as well. Yes, indeed. Half the buildings are falling down around the place. Patrick Street is littered with empty storefronts, says Kevin. And one final one for now. He's right. The place is a kip. Way too many shops closed down. Empty derelict buildings attracting antisocial behavior. Something needs to change or else it's going to get worse. It certainly wouldn't attract tourists. The city centre is a disgrace. Uh, back to the phone lines uh, we go. Um, uh, let me see if I can pronounce your name right. Kariri? 
Tahiriri, but you can call me Camille. That is, uh, is, is I'll call you Camille then if you don't mind. Thank you so much. Um, sorry, I also need to correct myself. The Grand Parade car park is three euro thirty an hour. Pricey enough, lads. Pricey enough. Go ahead, Camille. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't like. I would say I was offended with what Mr. Quest said. Because I, I would ask myself, based on what, like how many areas of the city or, or corners of the city that he visited, you know? You see, I uh, don't know. He, he doesn't say. Um, so we're, we're thinking that he went into the English market and getting to the English market, he possibly passed Patrick Street, Grand Parade, things, places like that. I, I don't know. So like Patrick Street, when you compare Patrick Street and Grand Parade, if you compare them to other streets, let's say in Brussels or Paris, they are the clean, Patrick Street and Grand Parade are clean, like actually are clean. I, I, I had friends coming to visit me, like from Belgium or even the UK, they're like phoning other people back uh, from where they're coming from, like if they've never seen the cleanest street or road, you know? Good. So I've been in, uh, yeah, yes, that, that's true. Like, like, even for me, like uh, before moving here, I've been in uh, different cities in, uh, in Europe. So I'll, I'll, I'll be saying like it's unfair, you know. Okay. So how long have you been? How long have you been? Has Cork been your home? Ten years. Okay. Ten years. Okay. So 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 like someone can come for a few days and conclude that the, the, the building are tired and. Uh, uh, you know, whatever. He well, he went, probably you, made that you know. assumption, Camille, in the space of an hour or two, you know? Probably saw yeah, yeah, nothing so, of our city, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, he hasn't seen it. Even like when you talk about the, you, you can just say, like, uh, you know, Cork is, is more than the, the downtown or the city centre. I live in the city centre on um, uh, Millet, 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 Millet Street. Uh, I know, like... Well, let me then, just like, work uh, out, did you... Uh, is it Military Hill, perhaps? You no, know, no, Millet Street. It's just behind Mercy Hospital. Oh, okay, okay. Miller Street, it's, is uh, it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Millet. M-I... Like, I think, M-I-L-L-E-R-D. Oh, Millard Street. I got you. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. 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 So you're right in the middle of Old Cork there. Yes. Totally. So and originally the Mercy Hospital the, the, would have been uh, like, the original mansion house for the Lord Mayor would have lived there. You know that, I guess. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, do we, like, have to uh, gentrify? The, like, uh, because when I was, like, thinking about him and uh, the way he, like, uh, around rich people and stuff, uh, the way he would be, like, in Dubai, uh, New York and stuff. So, so uh, is he trying to push uh, gentrification? Because... Some of these buildings need to be conserved, you know. This is the, the heritage of Cork, you know. It's the heritage I don't of think, Cork, like, yeah. yes, yeah. Do, do we have to destroy them? And but we do have derelict buildings. buildings, though. We do have abandoned buildings. We do have buildings that uh, haven't got businesses in them. They're just just derelict. Absolutely. Since when the, the pandemic came and it destroyed a lot of, business, a lot of businesses closed during the pandemic. Yeah, not not all of them though. I, I we could think, have had this I, I just, uh, yeah. Yes, I just think uh, we need uh, some organisation. Uh, the government had to come with a plan, uh, to, you know, to finance. You know, 
uh, people that, that can, you know. Okay. Give but, them but, loan but, so but, that but they can. You said it. You said in your in your text that you've been living here for ten years and there's no better place like Cork. I love there's, it here. You there's say. No, I, Why I do love you love it here. it here? Why? The people. That, that's another thing about the city. The people. This is the warmest place to be in Ireland. Like. You, use, you, you are walking on the street, people can still smile. You ask for direction, they, 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 they direct you. Yeah. Like, you know, people care. Yeah. That, that's, that's it. Compared to London, maybe Manchester. You know, like I, I remember in 2015, I went to Manchester. I, I, I didn't feel like leaving the house because you don't, you don't feel that warmth. You didn't feel a sense of community. No, there's no sense of community. And uh, that's what makes a city, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now, like, I have a YouTube channel where I film, you know, I make some blogs about Cork City and different areas of Cork. <laughs> so every time I post a video, like, people, like, are, are, you know, they love it. They're like, wow, that's a beautiful city, you <laughs> know. Man. Thank you. Thank so, you so for we, we should we should change that type of narrative. I think young people like me should, should be, like, uh, putting um, stories about our city, you know, yeah, or, yeah. on um, your TikTok, you know, yeah. and all those uh, platforms, the uh, social media platforms, you Keep know. Keep doing what we, you're we doing. Need to Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Take care, Camille. Lovely chatting with Thanks. you. Take care. Uh, Cork is waiting to return to its former greatness. That's all. Those buildings are in the spine of the medieval city. They need to be renovated. They're supported now. Uh, and as soon as the council can get around to it, they're going to be renewed. Uh, tatty or not, Cork is still a tourist destination. A rich history on all the world's trade routes. It rivaled Dublin's prosperity was the slaughterhouse of Ireland and rose from a fisherman's cot like Rome rose from a mud hut and Venice came from the silt. A tatty holiday destination the world comes back to over and over again. That journalist should have spoken to some of the people. I, for one, would have put him straight, says George. Uh, another one, Frankie says, City Hall are concentrating so much on development down the Keys and the marina, they've neglected the city centre and surrounding areas. I bet none of them have walked the streets by day or by night and seen the state of it. It beggars belief, says Frankie. <coughs> I think the Docklands area is just powering ahead. Uh, and now that they've actually bought an awful lot of the old Port of Cork Docklands area, um, that's going to even get better. I think that, you know, the marina, which is far from finished, is a really good job. And when it's totally finished, you know, completely and utterly done, it'll be a great place for families to go and spend time. Martin says, it's like a patchwork quilt at the moment. Some parts are fantastic, others are dire and run down to say the least. Add in the poor homeless dotted along Patrick Street and the city isn't what you'd call appealing for tourists right now. I don't know of any city anywhere in the world, anywhere, big, small or middling city that doesn't have uh, begging or homelessness on the streets. Uh, it is not anything exclusive to us. Anyway, back to the phone lines. And after this call, lads, I need to take a break. Okay, so thank you for that. Tom, good morning. Morning. I was talking um, about the, I was talking about a walk down the Keys. You picked up on that, is it? I certainly did, yeah. Uh, just, just, check, uh, just yesterday now, I parked my car on Sullivan's Key and got out of my car. I walked I Sullivan's Key Thursday night. I walked all those keys. I beg your pardon? I walked all those keys on Thursday night, including Sullivan's Key, I'm just saying. Yesterday, I parked my car on Sullivan's Key, got out of it, locked it, and walked towards the footbridge. But then I had to go onto the road to pass the large, large gang of street wrinkles that took over three benches there. 
No, if you're walking, if you're walking. The benches on the Peace Park or the benches on the Keys? The benches on the Key. Okay, okay. The benches on the Key. As you walk down to the footbridge, the nanonatal footbridge. Yeah, yeah. Right? Just, you know, everybody that came down that footpath from Parliament Bridge site or from Southgate Bridge site had to get out onto the road and cross the road. I walk up the road in traffic to pass these. There were so many of them there. Mm. Mm. Now, they're yeah. just, they're urinating there. Obviously, they are because they're drinking and there's no place else from there. There's no toilets in the centre of the city. We know that. Right? So, they urinate there or straight across the road. They don't trust so us with a toilet, you see. They won't trust us with one. They say we'll wreck it or we'll vandalise it or people shooting up heroin well, inside in it. Whatever the, whatever the reason, whatever the reason behind it, it I, I don't believe that. I believe it. It's just, it's just that this city is neglected. The city, the city is decrepit. Whoever said that the city is coming back is living in Kokoko land. The, the city is worse now than it ever has been. It's derelict. It's falling asunder. No matter where you go, the buildings propped up by girders are covered up, and all that's happening is that. The speculators, the big money guys, are just waiting till they crumble to dust and they can pick them up for nothing. And then they'll build. I don't know, is it that bad? I mean, you know, like there's a few buildings held up by girders, primarily on the North Main Street. You know, there's a lot of cranes on Lee side now, the big uh, high cranes. What about about Tucky Street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the only part part is just South Main Street where they had a new development. Right. Where we were supposed to get our in, in very much inducted commas our great centre, which will never happen. That just can never happen anyway. Because if it was, they wouldn't have picked that location. I was in there on Thursday night, as I say, around about tea time, and there was three different tours being done at the very same time, which was three different tour guides taking clearly tourists, I guess, and maybe there were Cork people, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, on tours of the city. It was incredible to watch. I, I kind of stood around and listened to them a few times and um, they're very informative. Like They, they really are. Like, And if somebody went oh, on one of those yeah, tours and if, yeah. Quest, if Quest had gone on one of those tours, he might realise that this isn't, um, you know, we don't want a city. Should we don't want a city full of glass and steel? Should we don't or do we? We don't want a city full of? Glass and steel. No, we, we, want, we, we want a city full of shops that are open. Okay. We don't want places like Merchant's Key, which is practically, like, there's, what, three, four businesses in there? And then you have you have a restaurant and you have charity shops. Mm. So That's too many charity in shops in the city, uh, too many phone shops in the city, maybe, things like that? Oh, but sure, that's, that's, only, that's only because they're not getting the right people to run the charity shops because they did it like the one on Oliver Plunkers place. <coughs> that was supposed to be turned into a nutmarker charity shop, I do believe. Well, I don't matter. know. I don't know any of them specifically. I just know that well, there are a lot of it's, them. It's, the- it's, believe me, it was there, right? And it was, it was functioning for Marymount as a very good charity shop. Something I always often strolled in there to look for books and stuff like that. Mm. And, uh, and one day when I was in there, this guy and the lady came down behind me and he was all hands telling us all this will be gone, all that will be gone. 
we'll be moving this over here. Uh, books will... And I was thinking, right, this is a fly guy. He knows what he's on about. Right? So that's okay. I'm off it on and took my notice of it. Then about two months after, the charity shop was closed down and the builder went in there. Mm. And huge money was spent on it, like, because mm. this builder was in there for months and months mm. working on it. It opened for a short while. And after one of the lockdowns, never opened again. That's lockdown no, for you. Is, That's lockdown for you. The city was like a, the city was a ghost town for nigh on a year and a half. But none of the rest of the charity shops closed down. Ah, uh, well, I I don't know the other reasons well, behind it. I just well, know that a lot well, of businesses. I, well, I don't know, but, but, but what I do know, what I do know, is that the money that was spent on the refurbishment of this place is money that was collected for the charity. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't do know, know that. Well, okay, wait. okay, okay. Where did the money come from? Of course, right. But okay. I don't even get away from the point. The point is that we have the street drinking culture. It's not alone there on the Sullivan's Quay. It's over also on the cold case we call the Carl Marcus Street. Like, nearly up to the Bible. There's a lot of street There's a lot of street drinking, and I'm not making excuses for it, but all cities have it, unfortunately, even all big towns. You know, when you talk about the Bishop Lucy Park mm-hmm. area and the benches there looking out onto the, uh, onto, the, onto the River Lee, the southern channel of the River Lee, as it would be. Um, on Thursday there was a fellow there and he looked quite respectable I have to say but his whole life was on his back in a haversack and he was absolutely langers absolutely and I was thinking to myself where's he going to spend the night this was only at 6 o'clock you know what's going to happen with that guy and then after about 20 minutes or so two or three other of his mates came along and brought a fresh supply of booze and they all sat down with their plastic bags and I guess they were just going to stay there all night no? Well, that's, that's that's just the sign of the time that we that we live in now. Like, but but uh, I mean, not all, no, not everybody that we see in the city, like, kind of, is a drunk or a drug addict. Like, kind of, I mean, there's people in there, there's people in there for you know for various reasons. There's people living on the street for various reasons. There's people that lost everything for one reason or another, through no fault of their own, often. And those people that suffer from mental illness, like yeah, uh, yeah, I know, illness. I know, I know. And like, we're not to all together because we see them doing the same things with the style phone call up in front of them. But it gets me, it gets me, and I said it to you just quite recently. It gets me that you're going to have a patrol to come down to move the beggars off of Oliver Punker Street and Patrick Street, but yet the guy coming from. The Bridewell over the Nanometer footprint to Water Angles Street Court will pass these people straight thinking and they'll do nothing about it. Okay. The okay. people coming from Angles Street to go over to the, to the Washington Street Court will pass them and they'll do nothing about it. Let me so talk to, okay, okay, thank you, Tom. Let me yeah. talk to Eliza, thank you. Uh, Eliza, good morning. Good morning. Uh, you're Dutch. I am. I live in the north of the Netherlands um, and I study here at the university and in 2015 I spent a semester at UCC. You spent what, um, like a year in 2015 was it? Only a semester really, only okay. the autumn semester um, and um, it was really amazing. It kind of changed my life really um, because it made me realise how interesting Ireland is in Irish history. So since then I've been... Um, Specialising in Irish literature because I'm doing a postgrad degree now. You're doing an English degree, I think, are you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I did English, and um, I'm now doing a research, kind of an MA by research degree, 
and I'm specialising in 18th century Anglo-Irish literature. And how did you fall in love with Cork? I don't really know. I I just went there. I didn't have much kind of history with Ireland uh, before that. I have an aunt and uncle who lived in Ireland and they started a pub in um, in the city when they came back because my uncle missed the Irish pub life. So that's my only connection to Ireland before this. Um, and I could just choose anything, um, but I went for Cork because it looked kind of nice. And then um, I lived there and I just loved the people. The people were so friendly and um, the atmosphere of Cork and kind of the lecturers at UCC were all so amazing, kind of friendly and helpful and yeah. So. Mm. You didn't find it tired or tatty, did you? No, not really. Mm. I mean, I'm chatty myself, so that's not a problem. No, I didn't say chatty. Tatty. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, not that either. No, absolutely not. Um, I was amazed by kind of the Irish people because I only had like experience with like the English, which to a lot of people in the Netherlands don't know kind of Ireland from England. Um, what? Um, Why not? I'm, well, they know like Ireland is a different country, but they often kind of assume it's one big culture. So, um, yeah, so I'd only experienced kind of English culture. So I came from that and I thought the Irish were just so friendly and so much more genuine mm-hmm. than I mm-hmm. expected them to be. Mm-hmm. And Cork is just amazing. And, and, and on, on that basis, you're, um, you're, you're lonely for us, are you? Back in the Netherlands? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been back a few times before COVID um, because I'm also my I'm currently writing my MA thesis and it's um, supervised by a lecturer from Cork very kindly um, because there's no one in the Netherlands who specialized in the stuff I'm doing. Um, so they are kind of that lecturer is kind of helping me there. Um, so did you learn um, Irish when you were here? Um, a little bit, but I learned most of it while I'm, well, at home, during COVID, really, because I had time. <laughs> so, thank you, Yagamanish. <laughs> Good for you. Well done. <laughs> um, well, so, well, yeah, listen. I'll be visiting in three weeks um, for the first time in four years. So Excited? Yeah, Have you a plan? What are you going to do? Yeah. So, I'm presenting at the 18th Century Ireland Conference, which is on at UCC this year. Um and otherwise, I'm just going to enjoy being back there, visiting all my favourite spots. Yeah, um, like where? Where are your favourite spots? Well, I used to live on Grattan Street, in, on kind of the corner of Grattan Street and Bachelor Key. Lovely. Um, and I used to walk kind of from there, either kind of along the river or along kind of Western Road to QCC. Yeah. So I really love um, Café de Peche that's there. Yeah. You know, the purple coffee shop. They have amazing coffee. Um, obviously Waterstones as an English student and just walking up St. Patrick's Hill and enjoying the view, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any particular so yeah, pubs? Were there any particular pubs that you liked? I mean, would it have been the Chateau, the Long Valley, maybe Canties, the High Bee, anything like that? Really, I would say kind of with students, you often go to the bigger ones on Oliver Plunkett Street. Yeah, I know. So I didn't, I didn't frequent kind of the ones on my own. Apart from my husband and I often go to the Franciscan Well when we were back. Good um, Spot well. for a pizza as well, I'm told. Yeah, exactly. And we <laughs> often go there on the last night, have a pizza, have a pint, uh, enjoy Cork. I got you all and, excited uh, now for your trip in a few weeks. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm dying to go back. I was homesick for Cork. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, it won't be long now. Thanks for listening overseas. Appreciate it. Mind yes, yourself, thanks Eliza. for keeping me up to speed. You're welcome. Have a great day. Cheers.
Likewise. Bye. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-810-4106. Red FM. There was a scale of people who love Cork. I'd be at the top of the scale. I know with an awful lot of other people. I absolutely love it. I love Cork people. I love the city. I just love everything about it. The history, the the culture, the just the feeling, the ambiance, just the... You know, the, 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 the fact that it's as old as it is and has come through so much. I mean, I could have I chose to stay. Uh, there were times when I could go and went for a little while and came back again. and was I'm always constantly drawn back to it. And I feel so lucky to be from Cork and born in Cork. I can't think of anywhere else in the whole wide earthly world that I'd want to be born or where I'd want to live. One of the more inspiring chats that I had in a long, long time was a couple of years back with uh, with Benny McCabe, who equally Loves his city, absolutely, the very bones of it. Uh, He's not in a position to come on the air at the moment, but he did say that it would amaze even the most negative people if they could view side-by-side comparison photos of the city centre streets in 1990 and in 2021. Viewed in this way, you'd see that the progress really is quite amazing. It would be a great exercise for the city to actually display this to our citizens, the slow progress Uh, but going in a positive direction. There's many a European capital now looking way more tired than Cork as it is at the moment, and I'm sure many will attest to this if lucky enough to travel overseas this summer. So I'll come back to the rest of the points that Benny makes uh, in a few minutes' time, but I just wanted to read that out. He says, many a European capital is now looking way more tired than Cork is at the moment. And I suppose you could say, many a European city. And maybe you'd include Liverpool in that. And Sean joins me by phone. Sean, good morning. Sean, can you hear me? How are you, Neil? Not, uh, I, was li- I was listening to, to you and I totally agree, right? You know, obviously with my accent, you can hear I'm not from Cork. But I, but I have been uh, kidnapped by a Cork woman and brought that... Bro- uh, kept, kept in bondage for the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> are you happy? Are you happy in your bondage? I'm extremely happy. I, I, I actually, I, I, I won't say the company I work for because people will know who I work for. Right. You know, because okay. the accent, right? You know, but. I but you, but you did say you did say Cork isn't run down. If you want to see run down, go to Liverpool. No, go to right. We're not obviously right. You know, I. I was copped on when I was younger, right? And I was gone from Liverpool by, by the time I was 30, 25, 30, right, you know. But Liverpool back in the 80s was, like, really, really run down. Like, Cork doesn't even compare with that in the 80s. You know, even now, I know it's 40 years later, you know, but people are saying it's this and people are saying that it's run down and everything. No, I mean, like, as some of your other listeners... Uh, callers have said, you know, compared to European cities, Cork is a vibrant place. I have never met people so happy in my life. What have they got to be happy about? It's it's just the buzz. It's like, you know, it's like the Cork accent and the Scouse accent. uh, It's a sing-along. You know, know when you're listening to somebody, it's it's, it's like... it, it's the pitch change. I think we're down. very like Liverpudlians, actually. Not not to mention the fact as well that maybe half of Liverpool is probably originally from Cork. I think there's... Uh, well, the other half is from Mayo. <laughs> there's, real, there's real comparisons, I think, isn't there? In, um, there you know, in our there personality and our character traits. And, and the, the humour. Humour, yeah, humor. good point. Yeah, yeah. But how, do, how is Liverpool now? Is it run down? 
No, not not so much now because they ploughed a load of money into Liverpool. One, they did all the docks up there in the nineties and the early two thousands. You know, but you know, but for years it was run down. You know, now there was parts. Now I knew the city fairly well. You know, Liverpool, and but there was places I wouldn't go, and there was times at night. You know, you just wouldn't go. I've been into Cork at all hours, t- day and night. I. Don't feel intimidated, maybe because I'm aware of, like, yeah, there's a gang of lads there. Don't walk through them, walk around them, or thing, you know, but it, it wouldn't intimidate me. Mm, mm, mm. Other no. people other people do feel intimidated, though, and there wouldn't be a week goes by that I wouldn't bring up the topic of people saying that they just don't go into the city anymore because they don't feel safe, you know? I, I personally think that's a, a, a personal thing, you know, because I've... No, I'm lucky enough, you know, that we've been over to Europe a few times, you know, and uh, we have been into several countries within Europe, you know, and I've never felt intimidated, you know, but maybe that's my personality because, you know, I, I'll greet you with a smile. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm a friendly, happy-go-lucky guy as it is. People, you know, who, so I think people who come to Cork say that we're very friendly and we are very approachable and we have a great sense of humour and sense of community. A lot of cities have lost that, I think, haven't they? I do, yeah. Right. Years ago, right, I was doing meter readings, right, and I was all over the north side, you know, doing uh, ESB meter readings, right, for a short time, right, you know. I had, every day was a laugh. I mean, literally every day was a laugh. You know, you'd knock on some door, you know, they'd hear the accent. It's like, oh, how's it going, boy? You know, and, you know I, I can't do the accent. I do apologise. My missus says I sound like a Jamaican when I do it. You know? <laughs> and she's, she's from... Uh, uh, but, like, you, you see, in the bigger cities, right, where you see people on tubes and subways and they're all like little mice or they're all like little ants in this tube going along at 100 miles an hour. Nobody talks to each other. Everyone's face is buried in a phone. They're not even look at each other. You know, you stand at a bus stop or you're in a queue over here, right, you know, and you say hello to somebody. Somebody will talk to you. <laughs> you know, they don't genuinely talk to you, you know. <laughs> And, and like you know, Cork, Cork has been good to me. Right, you know, I can honestly say Cork has been good to me. The the job I'm in has been good to me. I've met, and I say this to my customers that I deal with on yeah. a daily basis. Yeah. Right. Now, I love the place. I have met some of the most interesting people that you would not believe. Yeah, because you you sound like an upbeat kind of guy. You've got a good personality. You've got a sense of humour. People would be attracted to you, you see. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, don't say that in case the missus is listening. <laughs> She's lucky to have you, Sean. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm lucky to have her. Good man but yourself. Funny enough, right, funny enough, we should be saying this because on Monday, I was down in a certain place in Cork. Not in the city, right, but I met, uh, I think he was the director of Brookside. Brookside? Brookside, remember Brookside? I do remember it. I remember the soap, Brookside, yeah. Yeah, the soap opera, right. The soap opera, you know, based in Liverpool, all about Liverpool people. I met the director there on uh, this week. 
Right, funny enough, and he's retired, he lives in Cork County, you know, and we started to talk about Liverpool, and I was saying, oh, geez, I love my job because I meet some of the interesting, most interesting people. So he says, who's the most interesting pe- person you've met? And I swear to God, I, I, through my job and being in Cork, I met Reddy, Re- Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> in Cork? In Cork, right what, now. What was he doing? He was on holiday. Cool. Where'd you meet him in the city? No, no. I was delivering to his ho- to the house he was staying at. Where West Cork was it? Uh, I, I can't really say <laughs> the area because it's a very exclusive house, you know. Um, All right, okay. All right. <laughs> but right, sir. I pulled up outside this house. I'm telling you the story about meeting Eddie Redmayne now, right? <laughs> now, and it was coming up to Christmas, right? And I always dress up for Christmas. I put the elf T-shirt on and I had one of these headbands with the reindeer horns on. <laughs> right. And, you know, go all out for the kids and it makes the adult class as well. Right. So I pulled up, up to this house, big stately home, big steps going up to it. Right? And there's a fella standing on the steps and I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, I know your face. <laughs> So as I get out the van, I says to him, right, you know, and I was talking about a friend that you've talked to as well, Pad- Paddy Bullman. That's right, that's right. Right, right. Now, Paddy does paragliding, and I've paraglided with Paddy. Right. So I'm there, and I'm looking at this fella on the steps, and I hops out the van, and I says to him, I said, didn't you come paragliding with me and Paddy the other year? And he just starts laughing and goes, I don't think so. And your face looks very familiar. And he goes, I'm right. You might have seen me on television and me with the scouse humour. I said, oh, crime watch. <laughs> right, you know. So he goes, no, I haven't sunk that low. Yes. <laughs> so I know, you know, I'm going, I know you. Right. So eventually he has to explain to me who he is. <laughs> right, you know, because I'm totally ignorant, you know, and I, I think... Eddie Redmayne really appreciated the fact that I was ignorant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who he was, right? Yeah, yeah. But but fair play to him, right? I said, the wife will never believe me. Can I get a selfie with you? And he says, on the condition that you don't put it on social media. And I said, I said, I won't. And it never has gone up on social media. Isn't that a real... Why would they take a gamble like that? I mean, he must have a very honest looking face. I think because I was totally honest with him, I didn't come across as, oh my God, there's Eddie Redmayne, he's just won an Oscar. You know, I, I just treated him like I would treat everybody else. It's like, my... The what way did, I see, I what did I see him in recently? Fantastic Beasts, wasn't it? One of the yeah, J.K. Rowling-y pottery things? He did, yeah, he did that. But uh, this was, uh, I think it was Christmas, just before Christmas 2019. Right. I met him okay. Yeah. The world, did you see him? Did you see him in? Le, did you see him in Les Mis? No, I didn't. Oh, no. he's absolutely fantastic! What a singing voice! He's incredibly yeah. talented. Yeah. Well, you know what? If it wasn't for me being in Cork and me being in the right place at the right time, I wouldn't have met him. <laughs> and you know, but that is that. If Cork wasn't such a lovely place, why would? Uh, an Oscar winner come to Cork. Ah, uh, listen, West Cork is littered with Oscar winners. They're here all of the time, coming in private jets to Cork but Airport. Does not, but does that not tell the people of Cork, right? Cork is special. Did he give you a tip, did he? He did. How much? Uh, I can't disclose that. <laughs> Confidential. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, go on. Well, I, did, I got the photo and everything, and that was one one of my highlights of my job. Um, you know, and you know, but I love Cork. I love the accent. Now, I will admit, when I first came to Cork, I did struggle with the Northside accent. <laughs> you know, but now, Jesus, you know, now I can st- speak fluently with them. <laughs> but I will not. I remember, remember the uh, sminky shorts. Yes. Uh, short videos, right? Yeah. I sent them back to the lads over in Liverpool, right? And I was getting messages back. Jesus, Sean, what? What is he saying? <laughs> you know, no. Or, or videos. I was back in Liverpool, right? And uh, one of my friends, Mark, was acting. You know, just messing around. And I turned around to Mark and I said, "Oh, Jesus, sure, some langer you are." And he looked at me like I had two heads. Because, you know, he didn't understand what I was saying, where a cork person would have. You need to send them over the Langer song. Natural Gas's song, the Langer song. I could miss that off YouTube and, and uh, share it with them, like, you know. But I'll probably be getting messages, Sean, can you decipher this? I know where you work. I just found out who you work for. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we we actually met years ago, right, when you were living up in Douglas, when you had your Harley outside your house. Yeah, you I, still, I, still, I still live in Douglas. You, you're you known to your um, to your customers as Paul O'Grady, I'm told, are you? Yes, who's been on the phone? <laughs> I have spies everywhere. <laughs> and, and here's another thing, right, when Paul O'Grady made his money and he moved down London, one of my mates actually bought his house I'll talk to you maybe in the next couple of weeks for the next instalment of your life, all right? Oh, God, yeah. It's an exciting one. It's an exciting one. All right. Cheers, Sean. Take care. You look after yourself. Great. Great. Tara, lad. Great. All right, sir, mate. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Massive response this morning. Uh, I want to pick up on a point with Frank in a second uh, on the phone, but uh, he'll be interested in this. The city centre, especially Patrick Street, one being the main one, has been left go. It's a shame to see a big building that Roach's stores and Debenhams used to be um, and going down more half of Mailer Street just sitting there empty. The Savoy is empty. The building next to where Quills was was empty. Dunn's, the anchor tenant of Merchant's Key Shopping Centre, empty. As are a number of the units there, including where Peter Mark was and uh, Kyle Moore uh, restaurant, what a love with, which had such a lovely view. North Main Street, very shabby. Those buildings in the in the pictures, it's sad. We actually shared some pictures of dereliction online. It's sad to see, not to mention the lack of public toilets. I love Cork and there's many a beautiful spot in it, but the main shopping street, it's a shadow of what it used to be. I think the cost of rates and rents for businesses doesn't help and the exorbitant cost of parking. So on that basis, Frank, good morning. Morning, Neil. So the text there talks about uh, Roach's Stores Debenhams just sitting there. Now, I think it's been sold or it's on the market to be sold, but you wanted to pick up on that building, is it? Yeah, it's on the market. All right. No, it's an absolute magnificent building and always has been. And I mean, it holds huge memories in Cork. I think there was a big thing missed in that. That would have been the ideal venue for an event centre. Would it have been tall enough though? It's probably the first, the front of it is a listed building I would think. I think it would, yeah. I think it would have been the perfect size as well. I mean, surely, I mean, 
would have been taller if what was going into where or what should be going into where Beamish's was wouldn't be any taller, I'd imagine. Don't know. I'm just wondering, would it be tall enough without having to do, um, you know, any construction work? You probably could do construction work behind the, the facade of it, all right. But well, how I mean, would you how would you get trucks in and out then, and stage sets and uh, music get, equipment? How, how do they get their um, their stock in there, Neil? It comes in from Parnell Place. Obviously. It does come in from Parnell Place. Good point. You know, yeah. I mean, you have you have you you have the whole emergency key uh, deliveries and what used to be, we say Devnos or Rocha stores. They always came in our Parnell Place, and that that's how you do it. But you see, the the timeline wouldn't suit, right? Because 2017 was when the conference centre, convention centre was announced. We're in 2022 now. In 2017, Debenhams was flying. Then they were tipping away nicely. It was so Heineken got the gig with BAM and they still own the gig, Heineken and BAM. So, well, Heineken walked they, away. They I mean, they sold out, we, so. we, we all heard the rumours that the gun was put the city council's head, give it to us or Heineken will go. Like. Yeah, well, I don't know but, anything about that, but Heineken oh, have no, gone as I now. Said, it's, rumors. It's, 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 um, it's, it's a BAM gig now in association with, uh, with, the with, with Cork City Council. And um, not Ticketmaster. Who are the ticket company that... Um, uh, Eventbrite. Event, one of those. Yeah, yeah, the big event company, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, but so, but so that's their gig now. We can't take that away from them. They have it. I, I agree it's too late now and we, we'll have to find something else because, I mean, I love Cork. Born and raised and absolutely love Cork. But there's the island, the city island, is an absolute disgrace. Uh, thank you, Lana. It's Live Nation are in the gig with... Uh, Live with Nation, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Lana. But, but this, this, this city island, the whole lot of it, you can't pick one street in the city island that isn't an eyesore, I'd say. I can, I can pick loads Ex- Except South Nat. No, I, Oliver Plunkett Street. You can pick up Oliver Plunkett Street and put it in a, put it in a competition anywhere in the world you, for a streetscape. I can one, one about a couple of years back. It's just the most beautiful street anywhere in the world. It, well, I'd, I'd have to say I'm wrong there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oliver Plunkett Street is lovely. Patrick Street... Grand Parade, Merchant's Key is a disaster. Uh, Lavitt's Key isn't much better. Um, the the side streets off Patrick Street, most of them nowhere. There's very little left there. I mean, that Liverpool chap made a, a very good point. The Savoy. I mean, that that Savoy has should be a gold mine. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, since the cinema closed, it never seemed to work. Well, the, well. Businesses legged it from the city and they went to Maham Point and they went to it, Douglas it, and Blackpool and, and Bishopstown. Obviously because of rates and I think parking is parking. a huge it's issue. A, it's, it's a huge issue because, as you said, Neil, and I know it goes on, people are driving into the outskirts, parking their car and getting the bus into town. Yeah, yeah. You know, because there's free parking and then they're going back out and they're doing their shopping in the, old, the main shopping in the outlying areas. A lot of the bigger businesses moved out of the city centre because of rates and staff parking and their own parking. But it's it's not just they did actually. Centre. I mean, I was up I was up at the airport there recently, right? Well, it was only the other night. I was just picking up somebody from work. You know, the business park up there. Have you been up there at all? I have, yeah, I have. Mother, I got lost. What is that? Tis, tis magnificent. I mean, it's Neil, so big. I dropped somebody there in the morning, right? At about qu- quarter to eight. And I was to pick the same person up at five o'clock in the same spot and I couldn't find it. It's so big. Well, I actually Neil, had to Google map where I was looking for. If you had a few minutes to spare, if you get on with the pa- into the bus station in Parnell Place, 
I think it's the 226 bus is the bus to the airport. And if you were trying to time yourself for a flight, you want to be very careful because that bus, I think, takes about 45 minutes to get to the door of the actual airport itself by the time it goes around all the... It goes in around all the business park, Amazon and all the other drops at all those places. Inside in the business park? Yeah, it's absolutely... For anybody that hasn't been up there, huge. it would blow your mind it's the fantastic. businesses that are up there. There must be oh, tens of thousands of people working up there that I never knew. Like, oh, it's, I, I, you know, I it's like a city up there. It is a city up there. It's, it's like Intel or... Like it's that, astonishing. I'm over time, Frank. Listen, thanks for the call, pal. No thanks bother. for listening. Stay in touch. Back after 11. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106. Red FM. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Okay, um, of course, we've got a big uh, amount of gigs happening on Leaside right across the summer, and I was telling you about the Cork's big top rockin' gig at St. Finbar's GA Club in the city June 4th, Saturday June 4th Aslan perform, part of their 40th anniversary tour and the day after Sunday the 5th the traditional Irish folk singer Dan McCabe takes to the stage and I will have two pairs of tickets for both gigs just before midday today so stay listening for that Uh, back to Benny McCabe Uh, he uh, had a lengthy response to Richard Quest's comments about Cork being tatty and tired overpriced and neglected and and things like that he says instead of the usual scutter we should ask ourselves how to accelerate the positive aspects only a few short years ago outdoor seating was reserved for the elitist which I always found distasteful but now we have 17 odd maybe even more pedestrianised streets and visitors have never been so plentiful on the ground Cork, Cork will certainly overtake Galway as a tourist destination shortly without even an American flight above in the airport. Imagine if we could implement some of the following points. One is the relationship between dereliction and closed shops. Needs closer inspection. He says pension funds and institutional investors would rather leave shops closed than adjust to a market rent, as there is a belief that it affects long-term value. We must consider whose long-term value is more important, ours as a city or theirs in the greater pensions time bomb. Shops that are idle for more than a year should be required to offer at market rent in the locality after 12 months. This will ensure more confidence in new businesses starting up in the city. Messing with property rights, I know, but I think there is an urgency here now, as in forced to rent. Um, Two, a programme to bring small artisan manufacturing back into the city. Small furniture manufacturers... Clothing, design shops, all these enhance the living feel of the city. Many will talk of parking, etc., but there's no parking in the streets of Barcelona or pick any other city. There's no on-street parking in any of them. I've learned that hospitality and retail have now merged into the one experience, and I believe Cork should be marketed as such. Imagine if small manufacturing sights and sounds were once again to ring again in the city centre. A pilot programme to identify, say, 100 new small businesses in the next five years is certainly doable. He says, if I was a leader next winter, my conscience would be severely troubled by the following thoughts expressly. What's the lesser of two evils? One, the extremely remote chance of dying in a house fire, or two, the absolute certainty of dying homeless on the streets. When you weigh up the odds, the continuing vacancy above almost every shop in the city defies belief. 
We urgently need to relax the rules on fire escapes and seek tech-based solutions that are out there. In the 1920s, we evacuated our lanes and above all the shops. Now we need to do the opposite without allowing slum-like conditions to emerge. This is a scandal of our times. And then he says, yes, there is a serious problem with addicts. I used to label them junkies and I was wrong to do so. They're fighting the ghosts all the time. But give the guardie the budget to at least deter and take the edge off what can be fairly menacing if you're not used to it. And five, God bless the seagulls, but they can only clean up so much. Sunday mornings can be embarrassing with so many tourists up early and the city is awash with fag butts and packaging of all sorts. Be a bit shop proud, as the old fellow once said. If we were all shop proud, we can make a difference. In conclusion, eventually all this will happen because there's inevitability to it. Um, it has to happen. But why should we wait any longer? Let's do it now, especially accommodation over shops, which is currently not allowed. Play the odds here, or I fear I'll be agreeing with those that are doom and gloomers next winter. Here's to Cork and all its talented people. I find him very positive and very inspiring all of the time. He always looks at the glass half full as opposed to half empty. The one and only Benny McCabe. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Can Trevor just hold on just two seconds? A couple of texts from yesterday's program on the Dublin airport fight. I find that comment that you made yesterday morning that if you're not breaking the law, what do you have to fear from body cameras? Yeah, I did make that point. Uh, Texter says, I'll tell you what I have to fear from body cameras. What will happen to the images the cops take every day? Is it all automatically deleted? If you're not involved in anything they're investigating, I can keep myself safe online. I've never had scam texts, emails or phone calls until the HSE got hacked. Uh, You may say that's just a coincidence, but I don't believe in coincidence. Um, I I just think that we're all being filmed anyway. There's cameras everywhere you go now. You know, I think uh, it would make no difference if there were body cams on on. On, on Gardaí or Tasers for that matter I think it probably would help them do their job better and probably ultimately keep us all safer but that's just my own thought Morning, you'd be hard pushed to find an airport in the world that has not got armed police it's crazy stupid stuff and there's a lot of criticism following the fight in Dublin Airport and Terminal 1 that it took so long for anybody to intervene on that tragic uh, shooting in Texas um, uh, can you please explain to me how your caller Keith on air says gun sales work in America uh, when from what he said he has never lived there he was telling you all about gun sales in America you just had a fellow journalist who lived in America telling you how it works are you doubting the information of fellow journalists now an attitude in the wider public which is becoming too prevalent uh, says John who listens in France no I listen to everybody and I you know I, I challenge every caller uh, I believe if someone wants to do something nasty, they'll do it anyway, despite any gun laws. It's down to the individual. Point being made there by a texter is that uh, if somebody wants to shoot somebody, they will always find a gun. Text 0868104106. On a lighthearted note, thank you, whoever sent it to me. Uh, somebody sent me an advert that's up on the side of a wall down in Yall. It says, you are one ride away from a good mood. <laughs> that's real cork, isn't it? Ride. You're one ride away from a good mood. Actually, it's an advert uh, for y'all bike rentals. <laughs> it's a great ad. <laughs> Clever thinking. Well done. Anyway, to the phone lines we go. Trevor, good morning. Trevor, can you hear me? 
Hi, hi Neil, how are you? Okay, hi. now this uh, this is an email that um, is during the pandemic. Would explain to I me. Sent, I sent that, yeah. I actually, during the pandemic, I, st- I, I was working, uh, stayed working, uh, and I, used to, I have to call to the city centre frequently. Yeah. So... I sent that in pre-pandemic because everything was closed, everything was deserted. It was like a, a movie scene from Hollywood. You there sent was, that in to me. Did no I read it out during the during you did. lockdown? Okay, you did, maybe okay. two years ago. Yeah. But I just thought maybe that uh, it was kind of you know it tied in what people have been talking about today. Have you got it in front of you? I have to actually don't. I'm okay, actually here it no. is. Now that the buildings stand silent and their doors are locked, but remembering is easy, and I do a lot now. The streets now are virtually silent and all that is left are the ghosts of yesteryear and memories dancing off every step. There's a cold breeze blowing through town as if to mirror the mood of society. Was that right down in a lockdown when we were down that to, say, two right kilometres? It was right smack in the middle. I mean, there was nobody around. I mean, I used to, I used to have to carry letters around with me to show permission to be able to travel that far, you know. Uh, there was God. literally nobody around. I mean... There was a couple of supermarkets and I work in market, I work in market and stuff, so I had to call the supermarkets and stuff. There was literally maybe one or two supermarkets, one or two little small shops that were left open because they were deemed necessary and essential. Yeah, yeah. But there was literally there was nobody else around. Like you know, it was just unbelievable. So give you give you lots of opportunities to look around the city and to study it much closer, right? Yeah, it did. It did indeed. Yeah, it did. I mean, I was able to walk up down Washington Street and down this old mall, and you know, and I. I used to park the car on Paul Street and stuff. Uh, at, at the time, I think there was even, might have even been free car parking on because there was nobody else around, so I was able to park the car on Patrick Street. Mm. Um, so I was able to walk around and just view it and see it. Did you, know? you find it beautiful? Did you find it run down when there was nobody around to distract you? Um, I suppose, Neil, to be truthful about it, um, no, there were a lot of addicts around, Neil, because the streets were empty and that's... You know, unfortunately, there were a lot of addicts around at the time because I suppose, you know, I did a bit more freedom around the place, if that's the right word, because, you know, there was literally no one else around. So there were a lot of addicts around, and uh, if you were happened to be walking around town, it could be quite, you know, yeah. it, could be, it could be quite alarming yeah. and stuff. Yeah. No, I did get an opportunity to look at the... the There's nothing different to Cork and, say, any other city when people moved out of the city, I, unfortunately. I I can tell you this, you know, if you want to see homeless and you want to see addicts, go to a place like San Francisco, go to Boston, go to any of these cities, and I've been lucky enough to, to do so. Hundreds and hundreds of addicts, hundreds and hundreds of homeless. So every city does have that problem. But maybe because we're such a small city, it, maybe it's more polarised and, you know, it, it just it just seems a lot worse. But they are everywhere. So don't 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 be fooled into thinking that every other, no other city in Europe or around the world And don't be fooled an into problem. thinking. I mean, I hate to be, um, to surrender the fight, but you're never going to get rid of drug dealers or drug no, cartels. You're never no, going to, like, it's no. not going to happen. Of course, no. There is no but, magic um, pill to this. No, there's not. And, you know, obviously it's sympathy for those who are, who are addicted because it's like everything else. It's a, it's a disease and it must be so, it must be one horrible horrible disease to have to go through I certainly thank my blessings that I'm not in that situation or position um, mm. you know mm. unfortunately and now today um, you say that there's so much potential in our city I like I mean look I'm 49 years of age Neil I've lived in Cork all my life I've done a bit of travelling but uh, what, what strikes me anytime I've gone travelling is and uh, I've visited Boston more than most places you know, and I know now people are talking about the Docklands are going to be reclaimed back here and they're going to start redeveloping all the Dockland areas and stuff 
but I, I just think it's, it could have been done, you know, maybe the money wasn't there or something, but it could have been done, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe, you know, as I said, financially it wasn't possible. But you go to somewhere like Boston and the entire harbour area is reclaimed, all the old bonded warehouses are turned into food courts, they're turned into, you know, into, into little artisan shops. Yeah, they can't touch, um, they can't touch our bonded warehouses. Now, what happens inside no. them, I'm not too sure, but the actual structures, they cannot, they can't put a finger on them. No, but these structures in Boston are the exact same, and they have not been touched. They are exactly the same because I, I, you know, I know people living there all my life, all their lives, and, and they're good friends of mine, and that's why I go to see. And they told me these buildings are listed just as, as the ones here in Corker, so they actually have to work with what they're given. So, but it's inside; they're developed and read and even the stonework and the inside of these bonded warehouses are the exact same as they were. Back in the 1700s or the 1800s. That'll happen, though. That, that will happen. I mean, I navigation really houses, there. navigation, people are kind of split on navigation houses. Some people think it's a fantastic architectural um, achievement, and others absolutely hate it. Um, yeah. Do you know the building I'm talking about? They, they took the front of it. I and, do. And, they left the front, yeah. And they, they, they the built... Built around, built around it, and it, it kind of looks a bit clumsy, you know. It does. It looks, yeah. It looks like something. It looks like the front has just been stuck on or it something. It looks does, clumsy, I know. you know. It does. It, it, it kind of does. Now yeah, I have yeah. to say, across the across the other side of the uh, the other side of the of the river, over at the back of the railway station with the dean and all the other and the new buildings, it looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm it blown really away does. by that actually. It really does. But the only thing is, the development of the docks should not be just about hotels and apartments, right? There has to be something yeah. to do with our maritime history. And uh, Making an attraction for us to go down there, the outdoor realm, and also for tourists to go there, you know? Yeah, I mean, as again, again, I hop back to Boston. I mean, Boston, they've got the, the Boston Tea Party recreated. They've got an old, tall ship in the harbour, which sits there all the time. You can go and visit it. There's tours done. I mean, why haven't we got people down on that area, re, you know, retelling the story of the dockers? We had one of, one of the most vibrant docking scenes Probably quote you And where I? Why aren't we telling people? Why aren't we giving people the idea, the information? You know, why aren't we bringing people up to Audley Place and show them that fantastic view, that unbelievable view of the North Side? When you stand above there and you look at it, I know it's probably one of these hidden gems. But so many tourists go up there anyway. Why don't we? Why don't we promote it? Why don't we bring them up there? Have you been into the Crawford to see the Butts painting, the massive big uh, oil painting? From Audley I have place. been in there, yeah, I have, I have, yeah, it's fantastic. Isn't it? It's fantastic. But I mean, if you sat and just looked at it, looked across, and I, I often take photographs, and especially Christmas Eve, I take a photograph every Christmas Eve of that area. I just love, I just love, I don't know something about it, because uh, I'm from the north side myself anyway, which is yeah. in Blackpool. Yeah. But, you know, I just take a picture when I look at it, and I see the lights and everything else, I just look across the city. But there's, an, there's an example then, I mean, we talk all the time about Patrick Street and the North Main Street. Look at Blackpool. Ah, uh, no, Donnie, no. Blackpool is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. You start, if you started at Seamus O'Reilly's garage and walked from there to the grotto at the end of Dublin Hill, mud, it's just, it's heartbreaking. Isn't it? It is absolutely gut-wrenching to see us. Every second building is derelict. Every second building is closed down, crumbling to the ground. You think of the people, the characters, the, the businesses, the shops, you know, the vibrancy that was once in that area. Because well, you, you and I can remember it as kids, you see. Yes, I grew up there. I grew up. I I, I lived in Moral Lane. I was I was I I, I lived in Moral Lane. Um, you were just the across Lane, the road from no, me then. Across the road from Madison. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just up from Joe Mac's shop. Yeah. And um, 
I used to walk up and there. We grew up there. We lived there. We played there. You know, we were up, up, you know, playing hurling up, up the grave, whatever. And um, up down around Blackpool Church, all the little shops and, you know, and the old characters, the people. It was such a vibrant area. And you look at it now, it's just, it's absolutely, it's gut-wrenching. It's, mm. I, just, I just can't believe how an area could be left to fall into such disrepair and there's nothing being done about it. It's frightening. Yeah. It is actually frightening to walk that area and to see what has but been But that's, the fault, out, of, you know that's I mean? the fault of TDs and councillors from the area. Absolutely. It has to land on the desk of public reps. Yeah, and these are the people that are elected to represent the people of that area. And, and you know, I mean, what are they doing? I mean, you can go up to the dial and shout and roar about different things. But I mean, like, what has been done on mm. the ground for areas like this that are completely left to just rot? And that's the word, rot to the ground. Like Ballancolic, say, 30 years ago, didn't have a whole lot going on, no disrespect to them. But mm-hmm. now, but now it is the jewel, of, jewel in the crown, melancholic. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it, have it you, is. you like? Do you, do you know it? Have you been? Out, I do it, go. It, yeah, I, just, I, obviously, with my with my job, I'm I'm on the road all the time. It's just done a complete one eighty. Yeah, like. fantastic. It's fantastic. Cafes and shops, and you can even get the way you can get the buzz in the air out there. You you know you can get the people are happy out there. There's a buzz in the air. People want to move out there. You know, there's such fantastic cafes and shops and clothes shops and. You go to Blackpool and there's nothing there, Neil. I mean, what of God, there's not. I just, I don't know. I, I just find it hard to believe. Yeah. You know, oh, you look at areas like Douglas, so Douglas and Douglas Village is another fantastic village that has, you know, that has been developed and probably redeveloped. And, uh, just know, be careful what you wish for. It's absolutely choked now. Totally. Yeah, and, and there's yeah. yet, and there's yet more uh, Houses, big, big, yeah, big yeah. soup. There's an Aldi yeah. on the way and there's uh, like, it's, it's. Yes. Yes, it, yes. Douglas is good. It's got a great sense of community, and it still, to me, is a village. But Jesus, the traffic is just shot. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But Blackpool is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. All right. You know, and, and even up Jolgoff, even up Jolgoff Street, and you get to the top of Shannon Street. You know, you know, a lot of dereliction, a lot of. I, 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 I would, on, I would honestly say, probably, probably, when I think, I mean. I have a lot of affection for Douglas. Don't get me wrong, and I love it, and I would never move. But I, mm-hmm. but I would say the place to live now probably is Balancholic. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. for with yeah. regards to schools and accessibility to shops and a, like a, a downtown village core, uh, all of yeah. the amenities that you yeah. need, yeah. the you know yeah. Balancholic Park and everything. It's yes. like, like yes. it's just the park they really, yeah. really yeah. have um, played up all the strengths out there. Yeah, Maybe Glanmire yeah. might be something similar. They're working hard on that. Uh, yeah, Glamour, yeah, Glamour is, uh, it's, yeah, to the, to, to the nice area as well. I'm not far from there, no, myself, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's where I live now, as, um, yeah, you know, and it's, but it just goes to show with a bit of thinking, you know, a bit of, a bit of, a bit of forward thinking and a bit, you know, a, a small bit of drive and a bit of ambition, a bit of vibrancy behind people, you know, what you can do with an area, like, you know. All right, my man. And, um, Thanks as always. You know, Stay in touch, sir. Right, Remind cheers. yourself. Cheers, pal. Back after bye bye. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818 104 Okay, let me just pick up on some text from yesterday's program. One or two. I just do one for now on passports. Just adding to the utter disgust with the passport issue, we applied for our son's first passport 10 weeks ago. My wife had to submit her passport with the application. So now we are all being held hostage here 10 weeks later. It's so frustrating and honestly embarrassing that this is how we're doing business in Ireland. I'm sick of it. And then another one with regards to the bonus that was being paid to frontline workers. Just to let you know, and this isn't the first one, staff in the CUH and other hospitals are under the same umbrella and yet to receive the healthcare bonus. Management is stating that it's on hold. 
It, why are they saying that? It's not up to them to hold it. It's not their money. Uh, anyway, staff are saying why. Other hospital groups have given their staff the payment weeks ago. It's a kick in the teeth and takes the goodness out of it. Any help would be appreciated. Yeah, I can't promise anything, but certainly we're shaking trees on that one. Not everybody comes back to me, I have to say. I mean, I have two different requests in with Cork County Council, neither of which have been responded to. One was on the Piper's Funfair and the Piper's Wagon. Uh, no one came back to me on it. The second one into Cork County Council had to do with querying why the fire brigade service is now charging for call-outs. No response to that. I don't know why. I mean... Uh, like how many people are actually working in an office scenario I don't know how many are working remotely or working from home I have no idea but just all I know is nothing coming back oh, interesting. there was an interesting story actually from the workplace that made the Times UK this morning uh, I'm not making light of this um, and, and uh, but there is a funny side to it nonetheless it's a tribunal uh, which did see the funny side of it it was a, a worker who claimed that he was being sexually discriminated against by his female boss. Apparently, she called him 50% of a man. And the reason why he says she called him 50% of a man was because he was driving an automatic car. So we went to an employment tribunal about that comment. He said that he was harassed, victimized and discriminated against because he was a man in a predominantly female workforce. And he alleged that his area manager told him that he was less of a man for driving an automatic instead of a manual. She called him gay for using too much aftershave. He says he's heterosexual and believes he's been a victim of sexual orientation discrimination. He went to a tribunal on that basis with regards to things like the aftershave and calling him gay and saying that he was half a man because he drove an automatic car. The tribunal dismissed his claims, ruling that they either did not happen or were not serious enough to be classed as discrimination. The tribunal said that it had concluded that the comment about the automatic cars was an ill-judged joke, but it did not violate his dignity. Isn't that an interesting one? Man working in a predominantly female workforce. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Not everybody happy with my conversation with Bill Collins down in Castle Marty yesterday. He got a suspended sentence because he was brandishing the assault rifle and enough bullets uh, to, as, as the texter says, to kill many people. And he got a suspended sentence. Um, in regards to your coverage of the William Collins case in Castle Martyr, I'm shocked how this case has been handled and can only say that it's an utter disgrace that anyone who turns up with an assault rifle and enough bullets to kill many people can be given a suspended sentence when the violent intent was absolutely awful. And then on the A&E, I'm listening to a show with incredulity. People attending the emergency department should be sick enough to be there. The ridiculous suggestion of your last guest to text people when they should come back is preposterous. If people attending the emergency department are well enough to go home and come back again 18 hours later, then they're not then they are clearly in the wrong place. It's an emergency department, not an outpatient clinic, not a GP service, not an urgent care center. I don't want to come on air, but I just can't listen to such, such ridiculousness. Well, I was just suggesting yesterday, if somebody was going to A&D and they were told, you're going to be waiting 18 hours. Actually, the average wait now in the CUH is 29 hours. And the Mercy, it's 27 hours. I was suggesting if somebody was going to be told, it's going to be 10 hours, 15 hours, 20 hours, 25 hours, 30 hours, sit in that chair. 
I was saying, wouldn't you be better off just been taken home again? And they text you and say, be back within 60 minutes. You might think it's a stupid idea, but you clearly do. The texter clearly does. Uh, I just thought, surely anything would be better than sitting, clogging up the A&E, sitting on a chair for a day and a half. But anyway... Uh, the average wait now for admission to hospital emergency departments over the last uh, month was um, uh, 14, 14 hours uh, on average across the country. But CUH and the Mercy Hospital, way above that, 29 and 27. And God help you if you're over 75, it's seven to nine hours longer again. So the elderly get hurt the hardest. Text 0868104106. Okay, back to the phone lines we go. Uh, Liam O'Higgin, the Cork historian, is doing a walk a walking tour tomorrow morning in the city centre and he joins me by phone. Liam, good morning. Morning. Just ahead of yeah, that, and we can, we can chat about the walk in a minute, I need to ask you what you think of what we've been chatting about this morning. Richard Quest from CNN described Cork City and the buildings as tatty. He said the city looked tired and run down. He said the city was overpriced. What do you make of that criticism? Well, I must admit... I spend a lot of time up and down the North Main Street and the North Main Street is bad. Barrack Street is bad. And when I say bad now, I can go back to Barrack Street and the North Main Street back into the 50s. And uh, they they didn't change much, I'll be honest with you. But we didn't realise it when we were younger. But now there's a lot of dereliction. um, Buildings, vacant buildings and things like that. Mm. And definitely something should be done with Mm. it. No, there's beautiful places. A stroll in the North Mall. There was a chap on there a while ago. He was on the old Miller Street. Yeah. And um, I was laughing because he couldn't, he, didn't, he couldn't even pronounce it. Ah, well, in fairness, he's from the Congo, so give him a break. I know, I know, but I was laughing when I heard him talk. I mean, that was part of our play, play area. I lived in Henry Street, so all around that area was where we played. But um, the North Mall, for instance, it's a lovely... No, there's... There's work going on there at the moment, but to stroll up the North Mile now and look down on the river there, down towards the Narkia Bridge, and or up towards where the distillery was. That's it's a lovely walk, place. actually, from the North Mile all the way into Fitzgerald's Park along the distillery. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So things like that, people don't see them, and oh, you then you have to look at you go into the city centre and look at Opera Lane. I think Opera Lane was a great success. People cribbed over it. I mean, when I, I remember Faulkner's Lane, when you, I don't think anyone ever walked on Faulkner's yeah, Lane. Yeah, I know. It. When you look at Opera Lane, oh, it's beautiful. I think, I might be wrong, I think Pertle Street is lovely with the new lighting and all that business. But there are lots of vacant shops in Pioneer, I must admit, mm. and it's a pity. Yeah, yeah. What are you, how are you on, on getting people to live over the shops again and to reinvigorate the city with families living these would be apartments, obviously, but above above all of the different shops on all of the different streets. Well, you see, take, take the North Mystery, for instance. I remember when people lived over the shops in the North Mysteries, but they had no cars. Parking is a big problem now. And if you put a family over to the, um, the shop in the North Mysteries, first thing they're going to say, well, they park my car. Yeah, but would they actually would they actually need a car? They're building apartment blocks now without any car parking because they want they encourage people to use public transport or to use bikes. Well, they'd want to improve the public transport an awful lot. Yeah, I know. And the bikes, I mean, I'll just give an idea now about the, the bicycle lanes. There's one particular bicycle lane coming up the South Main Street up to the South Gate Bridge. Big white um, cycle lane. It was 
just if they were in there too much, you could put two lanes of traffic up onto the bridge, one to turn up um, Princess Key and yeah. the other to go up Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the lane they loaded the traffic at that particular junction. Yeah, yeah. That may be the city centre going forward. I think Benny McCabe might even agree with it, that it won't be a shopping hub anymore. It will be a living city where people live. It will have restaurants, it will have bars, it will have coffee shops, it will have bakeries. Um, but but that much of the retail will go from the city centre, you know? It will never go back to the way it was, Neil. No, it can't and go back to the... We don't want to go back, surely be the guy. You talk no, about no, the 50s no. when people but were sharing toilets and living in tenements. Exactly. You know? But the way things go at the moment, you live in, we'd say the middle parish but you do your shopping on the outskirts that's the way it's going to be and for, I'll just give an example there was a time back in the days when the docks were up as far as the North Gate Bridge yeah yeah right yeah, yeah. then the docks moved down below Parsons Bridge then the docks moved down to Tivoli and the docks are down in Ring and out mm, mm. you know so things change mm. even in knowing to ourselves we don't realise it and we kind of study it and <laughs> Yeah, it's all for progress, and it is progress. Okay, and the walk tomorrow, where will you be taking people? I'll be walking from uh, Pernil, our um, paradise place there at the corner of Castle Street, up around the North Gate Bridge and around the middle, the, um, the marsh area. And um, So you're right the, down the, in the epicentre of Old Cork then, obviously. Correct, correct. I'll be showing them where the, the old cross of Cork was, where the... the, the um, where they hung people before they hung them in Greenmount. I'll be talking about St. Peter's Church, in the, which is the vision centre now. Mm. And I'll be talking about Skiddy's Castle in the North Main Street mm. and a portion of the, the old city walls in Carroll's Key that is underneath the car park going into the... Liam, have you been down there recently? It's full of bottles and cans. Or have I they cleaned know, it out? I know. I know, but I want to show that to the people. I want to show that to the people. And even the buildings. You see, Neil, getting back to tourism again, there's an ideal situation there you could call it the Golden Mile Reserve if you had the proper facilities. You have Elizabeth Fort in Barrack Street. Yeah. You come down to Barrack Street onto Southgate Bridge. You have a plaque there to Jerome Collins, the longest funeral ever. Yeah. And over the old bridge, the oldest bridge in Cork, actually, Southgate Bridge. Down the North Main Street, shown the, 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 the BRB Mission Craft as well, there's a new centre will be eventually. And um, you know, then you have Bishop Lucy Park and the Trinity Church there. Across the road in Washington Street, you have Wallace's sisters there in Brunswick Street. You know, the, up the North Main Street, and you have all the laneways. There were 68 laneways from the Southgate Bridge to the Northgate Bridge. The Wallace Back sisters, the they, they had a shop, didn't they? They were they used to do, they used to, they were runners for the, the, IR, yeah, for the yeah, IRA, yeah, wasn't the it? And, and, and uh, McCartan and all them. Yeah. That's just around the corner there and it's in the Custom Street now, right? Yeah. And you wouldn't think butter would melt in their mouth and they up on their bikes with... Uh, um, <laughs> Like all women, Neil, like all women, girl, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they're and ferrying secrets and special information and documents between, um, I, I don't know whether it would, was it Free State or IRA? Probably probably both before the Civil War, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, they've they done a great job. Like, <laughs> what did they have? Did they like a little grocery? Was it a sweet like shop? A little grocery. Yeah, I remember the shop, actually. I remember the shop. I'm going back to the factories now, this thing. <laughs> was it a little corner shop where you could get everything? No, it was, it was just down the... Um, it come down the street, turned down to the right, and it was on the left-hand side. Then. 
And you had a little book and paid at the end of the week kind of thing? Well, I'd never done that, Diana, but I remember that in Henry Street in January's. My mother, my mother would get the messages and she'd pay by the week. She'd I know. Her into a book and you'd pay on dinner. Those were week. the days, yeah, yeah. There were the yeah, yeah. days. But, you know, to come up, I was on about the Golden Mile. Come up to Nightmare Street and you have all the laneways on the, the footpath. You are Thomas McSweeney's house where he was born, which could definitely do with a to be done up. It's, where it's, it's impossible. Back. It's almost impossible to see that plaque. You want to be looking up all the time. I know that, but like, <clears throat> it does not even a sign. It does not even a sign on the footpath. You know, there's uh, information signs they have up there. And then St. Um, St. Peter's Church, that's steep in history. That goes back to the 1100s, right? Yeah. Well, you go down around Grenville Place then? Oh, yeah, Grenville Place. Then we're about um, Charles Bull lived for a while. Yeah. And we're at the mansion houses, and there was also a Turkish, a Turkish patch there. Back to the zone there. <laughs> and Henry Street, then there was a, a church, John Wesley had a church in Henry Street. And actually, there's a house there now in Henry Street, number 25 Henry Street. And there was actually 10 families lived in that house, the tenement house. And the building is still there. Now, I believe that it's rented out to people now. I don't know how many people are living there. But when I lived in Henry Street, that house was, there was 10 families in that house. Most of my friends lived there. And <laughs> that house was there. And you see, again, there was another one in at the corner of Grattan Street and Bachelor's Key. A rep- practically a replica of the one over in Pope Street. The doll's house. Yeah, yeah. And that was demolished. There were 10 families lived in that house as well, in, in Bachelor's Key. Uh, like, I, rem- I remember Bachelor's Key being, being all tenement houses, really. Yeah, of course it would have been. Yeah. You know, and when the, um, when the tenements were demolished, then should I mean, we had houses in Ballyfea and in Grana Brana places, right? I should, we were, it was like a wonderland, having our own little garden and our own indoor toilet and bat and everything. Sure, it was like going to heaven. <laughs> I remember I remember about two years ago on the, on the bike I was up trying to find you were talking about Henry Street uh, because yeah. way back at the end of the 1700s a fellow called Sir Henry Brown Hayes lived on Henry Street do you remember him? He, I do he's the guy he's the guy that kidnapped um, he kidnapped Mary Pike and brought her out to he brought her out to uh, Vernon Mount Vernon Mount sorry yeah. Yeah. So apparently he ended his days on Henry Street apparently yeah, but his father lived with that little walkway. You know, we were talking about there a while ago in um, by Vincent's Bridge. Addie Hayes. Had, he had a house in there, his father. Was that Addie Hayes that used to go around being pulled by a goat? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> God. A little but cart again, pulled by a goat. <laughs> I have a picture of that house now, and it's after being demolished now. Like, all that's left standing there now, if you're ever walking along that little pathway of the pillars of the, the entrance into the house, like. Where the exactly is that? You know, the, the walkway going from the um, Vincent's Bridge over to Mount Lake. Right, yeah. It's in there. No, his address is given as one, not Mal, but it's actually in that walkway now. That was probably it. Oh, that's amazing. Happened. I'd love to see that. And are the public invited tomorrow morning? Oh, yes, of course, yeah, yeah, 11 o'clock. I'm meeting there at the corner of Castle Street and the North Main Street. 11 a.m. Yeah, it's the study library now we're organising this. Okay, it's so going to be um, a fabulous day tomorrow. The weather's going to be superb for the walk and the talk. 
Listen, enjoy. Best of luck. Anybody that wants to go along, Liam O'Higgin, the Cork historian, will be on the junction of North Main Street and Castle Street at 11 o'clock in the morning. Good luck with it, Liam. Thanks, Neil. I appreciate that, boy. Take Thank care, you. pal. Good luck. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. One of the texts that jumped out at me, we were talking about driving habits on Leaside earlier in the week, uh, is a text that says, received great advice learning to drive at nine years of age down in Bear Island with my uncle. The advice he gave me was, every other car is out to kill you. So always be aware of the other cars around you. That's the best advice you could ever give a motorist. Every other car is out to kill you. You know, you're watching everybody else, never mind watching yourself, watching the road and what have you. Uh, and then on fire brigade charges, I was told to come anywhere from 360 euro to 500 euro, although a retired firefighter said they've introduced the charges for the following. Uh, road traffic collision, you'll be charged 150 euro for a fire brigade. Chimney fires, including pensioners, up to 250 euro. So these are the charges. Uh, maybe they did this, Neil, because of the constant fires in places like Mahan. Every two or three days, the fire brigade are running down Skahard Road, down to Mahan for couches, cars, mattresses, tires on fire. Anytime I'm walking around, I always see these burnt out fires in the fields. Maybe they just got fed up and decided to do something to combat it. Yeah, but who are you going to charge? For the burnt out car. Who are you going to charge for the mound of burned out tires in a green area? Like, you're never going to catch the culprits. Surely the fire brigade call out should be covered by the property tax that has been forced on homeowners, owners. We get nothing new for this tax. You get nothing for nothing in this country, full stop. I mean, did you think that you did? Text 0868104106. Almost time to go. John, by comparison, give me all right, John, John O'Sullivan. Okay, well, he's not there, I'm afraid. So let me try Dave one. Dave, you're going to do something for me next Monday. Is that right? What are you going to do? Dave, Neil, Dave. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, Dave, what are you going to do? Uh, if you like, Neil, I'll do a bit of a rendezvous uh, someday next week. And uh, just uh, go up both sides of Patrick Street and um, take notes of every shop, every type of shop, and make a list of how many cafes are there, how many men's, men's outfitters are there. Um there's only one bell, there's a chateau, but just to see, um, to, to, to compile the list to see what type of business is, is most in the street. And could you and also work out, could you count the empty buildings as well? They count that as well, yeah. Well, well, the gentleman this morning said there was 12. Yeah, oh, no, I'm, not, I'm not doubting him. I, I, I'm not doubting him. I just, you know, you might as well count those as well. But I still think Cork, like, I still think Cork, uh, the city, the type of shops in, in, in Paddock Street compared to Dublin, is far better because I go to Dublin last now in the summertime. Um, not around O'Connor Street, but I, if I did it, like the amount of Centres and Lundas and Burger Kings and all them in O'Connor Street, I hold the Dublin City Council and all that to happen. I uh, don't well, know. if you think Patrick's suit is bad, O'Connor Street's much worse, yeah. yeah. Much worse, yeah. But like, yeah, that, that. But like, the one thing about Cockney, people are, all the most people are kind of don't They'd rather go to Man Point and walk around Cox City. Like, I'm like yourself. I loved um, going to town three or four mornings a week, like, and going to the English market. I'm not a good, I'm not a good example, though, because I buy very little in the city. I usually would be buying something in the English market, but I do love strolling around. I mean, I might buy the odd bit of jewellery at maybe Christmas time or a birthday or something. You know what I mean? But yeah, I'm but not like, in there doing any shopping, like, apart from fish or vegetables or stuff like that. 
And, and there's, there's actually three great men. It's Oak Pittles and Paris Street. And no one mentioned them all. Them all. I know, like, I know. You have Tom Murphy's and Con Murphy's and Bill was like, yeah. and they are nearly 100 years, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and they, they and, very and, much and, they and, very much rely on, on obviously, all businesses, but they get huge amounts of repeat businesses. They've well, got a very loyal Con customer base. Con Murphy's now actually do a lot of business for people from Dublin would come down and buy stuff. Down. Isn't that amazing? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like, but the one thing about Cox, the one thing about Cox City is that even if you were to go in town on the morning and do a bit of shopping and pay a few bills or something, you could do the whole lot in less than a half an hour. Because every place you're going to is within five minutes of the next building. That's you know what I mean? True. That's true. They're going true. to the opticians, they're going to the dentists, they're going to the English markets, they're going to Duns. They're all within five minutes of each other. And it's, that's, that's, the, that's the best part. I think that's, that's the best part about, uh, about the city of Cork. Well, get your walking um, shoes on on Monday then. That'd be good. And, and the other thing for you, Neil, is that Elizabeth Fort should be like, I say most... 80% of the people in Cork never put their foot inside Elizabeth Fort. And the view up on top of the fort of of, of, of the city uh, up, up the north side and down east of the harbour, it is an amazing it view. Is, like yeah, that, it man. is, yeah, it is. There's so much to so, offer, um, yeah. even, even the bus tour, happy. even the bus tour would open people's eyes. Just the hop on, hop off bus. Yeah, yeah, well I haven't done that as such, uh, really, as such. Ah, well, you and need to. Thing, and the one thing Neil, that I'd be ashamed to say that um, uh, uh, Shandon, I actually go for a pint in a bar up by Shandon for the last 30 years, and I've never went up to the top of Shandon. I've been, you know, I've sang in the church at the Mother Jones Festival with choirs. And why haven't you I've gone up to ring the bells? Pardon? Why haven't you? I just, I just for some reason, I have never got it. I mean, like, we're all talking about going away from to lovely cities in Europe and, and looking at the architecture in, in, in Madrid and Barcelona, and then there we have. The, the bells of Shandon, and unfortunately, I haven't done it yet. And are you on the north side? I'm up in Holly Hill, yeah. Yeah, you see, I understand. I understand a lot of people in the south side just don't cross the river. They just don't go to the north side. It's just it's not in there. It's just not, they just don't do it. I don't know why. I mean, I know people that I had to bring only five or ten years ago from the south side up to the north side out to show them Blackpool and to show them and bring them up to Shandon. Never been across, no interest. Right. And, 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 like, and, and then when you come over to Shandon, you can go over there. You were on from last week, or was it from last week? Shandon Suite, where you got the lovely. Yeah, Lenhill. Yeah, yeah. Lenhill. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, I guess suites still on, on a regular basis. They're, they're, they're lovely suites. They're right. huge suites. But the one thing about the, the one thing said about going from the south side to the north side, when you when people throw the bread into the river at the North Cape Bridge, and then when people throw the bread into the lock, the difference is. There's butter in the bread in the north side. <laughs> good luck. We put butter in the north side. Good luck, good luck. I'll talk to you after your walk, after your Patrick Street scove. Gonna love you and leave you. Lines are open 0818 106. We have two, picket, two, ticket, two pairs of tickets, I should say, for Aslan. Two pairs of tickets for Dan McKay. Both of them are playing the Cork's Big Top Rockin' at St. Finbar's GA Club on Saturday the 4th of June, Aslan, and on Sunday the 5th of June, the traditional Irish folk singer Dan McKay. Get dialing now, 0818 104 106. Callers 9, 10, 11, and 12. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.